everybody to Jeff versus the world presents hood classics and like always I got my man Shahid here what's going on good sir you gonna play a censored DMX song why would <sighs> I have played it that may be true too but you know what you get what you can when you're in a rush uh how's it been going man <laughs> <laughs> why, why are we in a rush a no 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 I have recorded this I recorded this uh, another day. I said, okay, let me go ahead and download this song. But when I realized it, I was just like, I got to go. And I just never got back to it. It's going to find my last day off before I go back to work for my four-day run. So, oh. Yeah. About the, uh, the 12 no, hours, my, right? No, my, no, well, when I do four days, it's 11 hours. When I do three days, it's 12. So... A true hero without the cake. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Y'all be talking that shit, but still want to go outside. <laughs> I got to go outside. I'm it's a citrus. I know. Yeah, Ooh, thank you for doing what you're doing, but I still ain't listening, y'all. I need to get my hair cut. You know, <laughs> ever. Yeah, it's. Just pay. I'm at the point where it's like, you know what? Y'all do what y'all want. Just pay me extra. Right, y'all, y'all, y'all not gonna listen to us. Like I, out my last what's the out last day I worked had people hemmed up my die like the first twenty minutes I'm on shift, and then I come home just like oh you know still it's just the five G that's causing this, and between that and that give me a hundred and I'll make you eight hundred. Oh my god! Oh my you know, god! I guess pyramid scans are undefeated because it's just always something new. I'm just trying to figure out the whole where they start to know what if you give me a hundred dollars, like not why not fifty dollars, why not two hundred dollars? And they're like, you just A and C. So people who may not listen, it's this pyramid scheme. It's just shaped like a flower, and it's like you just got to move your way from B to C, and then once you become A. You expand, and it's just, I'm like, some bullshit. I hope I don't see anybody on my feed doing this, and I see people on my feed. Oh, it's a scam. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't. If you ain't a hustler, just mind your business. <laughs> and you know, you know, I've seen so many people get, well, not so many people, but I've seen numerous people that I don't know get scammed. I've seen people say, oh, I gave my 1200 and they were supposed to put twenty four in, and now I'm out of twelve hundred. Why? Why did you give it to them? Why? You you hoping? You you're wishing that this thing is, but you know it's a scam. You absolutely know it's a scam. You, yeah. It's like what do they think was going to happen? 
It's a, see, that's what happened. You know, it's the same type of people who say, like, people are puppets, and we just believe what somebody tell them. They're believing the exact same thing they believe in somebody else. You're yeah. better off gambling. They're just, they're just as gullible as they accuse us of being, and the difference is <laughs> I ain't getting out no money. Like, you know that $1,200 might be a one-time thing. It might be that, your rent at groceries. You trying to flip that for 24 Scarface, like it's the untouchable. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so anyway, uh, as far as movies, what did you get into, or what did you watch this week? Um, saw Cold Eight. That was pretty. That was because I saw on Netflix. It was like the number two show, number one movie. It was alright. It was cool. Um, you know, Stephen Amell, his cousin Robbie Amell. Some Kang in there, like one of those sci-fi movies, like 3% of the people, like mutants, and they got to register with the government for someone working off the books. And just one of them just like getting into crime to take care of his mama. You know, a nice hour and a half movie. See the male real good at playing an asshole when he wants to be. Especially when he rocking the beard. Um, what else did I see? Besides the movies that we're doing, I started watching the Steve Austin movie, Recoil, because it was like on Amazon Prime. Like I only, I started, I'm like halfway through. He's playing like a, a former cop getting revenge. I think I've seen that. And it's just funny. Like Steve Austin made all these action movies in like this, from like 2009 to 15. It was like directed Netflix or directed Amazon Prime. They all kind of got similar cast. They all kind of got similar things. And I don't think any of them are great. But none of them are boring. No, they're fun movies. Just, fun watch. Yeah, it is fun. And it's just kind of like, it's just funny things about, you know, why he wasn't. He just assumed Steve Austin was going to be like an action star. Yeah. Um, I, I, You know, I don't think he really enjoyed the grind of movies. I think he's more that TV personality. Like, okay, let's knock these out in so many weeks and I'm done. I don't have to do this for like three or four months. He talked about it, and other people have talked about it. I think the issue is all they see is the action, and they don't see anything else. They don't see, like, they just treat him as, like, one thing, and they don't let him, like, you know, spread his wings, like, with comedy or, like, other stuff. He can do other stuff. He's funny. He's a funny dude. And you can tell doing a podcast and, like, for certain parts of wrestling. But, like, movies, all it is is just, you know, like 1980s big action star and you're doing that like the 2000s and he can't like he's not like an action movie fighter so you basically like saying if you want an 80s style action star in 2019 2020 I mean I don't know how many people that's kind of like a small niche yeah it's hard to be hard to be an action star when you don't fight yeah exactly um, and you can't forget about the um, our our first attempt of trying to watch Babyface and Teddy Riley because that was pure comedy. Saturday night was just. <laughs> hey, my Michael, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Saturday night, I think I, I'm being honest when I say this. I even tweeted it. I think this is how Shahid felt the first time I tried to do a podcast with him, and. I had no, I was like, didn't know exactly what I was doing. So I was trying to work my way through it. 
<laughs> so it was just funny watching Teddy Riley just stand there in confusion and Oh my God! He tried to put on a, a concert. I'm just like, "What are you doing? Just play the records. That's all you had to do was just play the records." But he wanted to put on a show. He got back up people dancing. You got almost five hundred thousand people in the chat, and you're not listening to any of them tell you to like fix yourself. I'm like, no, it's Babyface Mike. You need to plug his mic. No, I ain't Babyface Mike. That's yours. And Babyface ba- out there chilling, sipping wine, cracking jokes. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I got into a movie. Um, so I watched 2019's Yesterday. Um, I wouldn't call myself a Beatles fan, not at all, but I do know I, they have songs that I do enjoy. So I was like, let me fuck it. Let me watch this movie. It's a nice movie. It's a, it's a, it's a cute little love story, something to sit down and watch with the wife and, you know, enjoy it. Um, would I break my neck to go out and go see it? No. But, I mean, it's on HBO. So, if you got HBO, it's a, you know, go on, you know, watch it. A little nice movie with you and the wife or girlfriend or whatever. I'm just laughing at the movie choices people make. And not just you. I know you're a hipster. That's how you roll. But everybody, <laughs> some of the stuff people are just picking out to watch. It's... They don't have free time. <laughs> Look, when you come home and they say, oh, I'm, I'm home early or I got an extra day off, I'm just like, fuck. I should be catching up on a lot of stuff, but I, for some reason, just like, ah, because I need to catch well, up on Brother. Better Call Saul is well, something definitely I need to be really watching. Well, how, how much have you watched it? I've stopped at season two, so I'm going into season three okay. now. They just finished, like, season five. Yeah, I just saw like, people finale, talking about it. Like, season finale was, like, last week was, um yesterday so you got time no I, i'm on season two because i started it stopped and i'm starting again um so i'm getting caught up on billions first i'm almost done season four right before season five drops but it's like some people they watching 1980s wrestling <laughs> watching old kung fu movies it's kind of like you just picking what we watch because depending on our schedule our schedule's weird like my schedule's weird now because when i work it's basically I work, I go home. If I'm lucky, I have enough energy to work out, and then I go to sleep and then watch for some peak. But then I'll have like three days off or four days off in a row where I get to get stuff in. So it, it's just weird, kind of like picking and choosing what I want to do. Like yesterday was most mostly watch the movies and like do laundry. Today is going to be video game day. And then work the next four days. We will be remiss before we jump in the movie about delving a little bit into the Last Dance documentary. Because I was just laughing because I was like, it's a whole generation that has no idea how bad, not just Jordan, how basketball used to be. Like, at all. And I was just, I'm looking forward for Twitter to see what we, like, what my age range grew up with. So y'all can see how it really was. A lot of stuff I remembered. Some of the stuff I forgot about. It's funny, the two biggest things that stood out was like, one, you know, you realize, yeah, Jordan was a, Jordan's a, is an asshole that y'all thought Kobe was. Like, no, it ain't nowhere close. <laughs> it's like, the, what they say, dark night rises? Like, you know, you merely adopted the dark. Like, Jordan was born in that shit. <laughs> and he, had a, he had his sidekick, Charles Oakley, laying down the law for him the first few years. And two, beyond the whole Jerry Cross thing, yeah, it's 
all the sympathy for Scottie Pippen. And you know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Before the only time you haul off Scottie Pippen was people cracking jokes because of what his wife was doing with Future. Right. And now it's like, oh, Scotty got robbed. Scotty got boned. Or the other crowd, I won't mention they be like, this deal he signed. It is what it is. I don't feel bad for him. He told him not to sign it. That's how life is. You need to get over it. And I'm like, you can have it. You can understand that's the decision he made and understand the decision and still feel kind of like sympathy for him, which is where I'm at. Because I'm like, you heard the story. He come home, his dad has a stroke. His brother breaks his neck. He got family members in wheelchairs. He trying to make sure I ain't trying to mess with any money. I want to make sure I get it because it's like, you know, the money's there. And I made the point to people. It's different when you grow up poor, and it's different when you got to take care of people. All that long-term and do this, this, and that, that shit go out the window. You worry about today, you worry about tomorrow. And that's all, because you have no idea. And certain people, like, who grew up comfortably, can't tell them how it is, because they don't know. They might read about it. They might explain about it. But if you don't feel it, you don't know. So I get the whole, I get why Scotty get that. And it was, like people point out, it wasn't necessarily the money, it was the length. Because, you know, basketball blew up. So next thing you know, you're looking around, you're making, like I said, you're making UPN money. The Basically, like, by the sell- sell-in. But you know the funny thing is? It's funny how people focus on Scottie Pippen's salary, and maybe it's coming from later ones. Um, Jordan wasn't doing that much better. Yeah. He only started getting his. Was getting too. He only started getting his money um, when he started doing the one-year deals. Yeah, and that's at the same time Pippen got his. Like Pippen, Pippen basically made up the money he lost, like the last deals, like Houston and Portland. So he's fine. He ended up making more contract money than Jordan. Jordan was getting bone, but nobody cared because he was getting all that endorsement money. But here's the lie: people cared, and people brought it up back then. And then the whole thing is like. Jordan, the best player on the planet, he making chump change. Yeah, like what's going, like what's going on? And then when he finally got that one year, like it was like thirty something million dollars. Mm-hmm. Some people were complaining. The rest of people were like, yeah, y'all got a discount for a decade. I need to shut up. But that was the whole thing. Salaries are always out of whack. Magic signed like some what twenty year deal, a million a year initially before they got changed. Like everybody was signing these bad deals because people didn't know how the money works. And you should be, I would just say this. The two con- like contracts I remember that caused issues but before at Kevin Garnett, I remember John Contact got broke off and getting paid. Like, it was like a backup center making like $3 million a year like the late 80s. And people were like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, that was the thing. John Hot Rod Williams one time was the highest paid player in the NBA. Jim McElvain was a backup for the Bullets before they became the Wizards. You know, backing up George Mirasan. Seattle saw potential. Threw him like a six-year, 30 or $40 million deal and destroyed the team because Sean Kemp saw that. Like, what the hell is going on? I'm out. You can't pay me. you paying this bum that was averaging like three points and two blocks. <laughs> you think people complain about Tobias Harris contract? I'm like, man, let Twitter have been around for that Jim McElvain stuff. Like that deal basically broke up the Super Supersonics. 
Um, just to piggyback off uh, what you were saying about the, especially about the uh, Pippen contract, it's just that um, I got to talk about this yesterday, and I was just saying that the same thing that you were saying that while my circumstances were different than Pippen, I absolutely understand why he took the job, especially if you got a family or people that's depending on you. It's been it's, it's been a job or two I've taken, and I knew I should have been making more money, but at the time. I didn't know if this was, you know, another job was coming, so I took it. But I absolutely, within a certain amount of time, I walked, I came back to the table because I knew I outperformed or I did better than what the job. Hey, I need more money, and this is why. These are the reasons why. Now, I may have gotten it, and I may have not gotten it, but the conversation was had. And I just think the way they did business in, in Chicago at the time, that was some bullshit because you knew that, I don't think it works without it. Don't work without uh, Pippen. It doesn't work. You got five championships. It was time to go at least at least by saying, "Hey, you know what? You're right. Let's go. Let's go back to the table. That 97, 98 year. Let's talk about this uh, and, and, and do and something." Do that. Yeah, that, yeah. Here's the thing. He said he wasn't going to do it. He told him not to sign it. Right. He's like I wouldn't sign this deal, and once you sign it, don't be coming back. Like, so it's it's easy to get on Ryan's door and with the whole thing, but it's like. He warned him, but he also he also he told he also didn't know the revenue the revenue was gonna uh, jump up like that too. But nobody knew that. Nobody knew that, right? So nobody, I think nobody knew that. So, so I, that's that's it's easy. I would say this: I don't get on Ronsdorf that much as much as I get on Krause because it's easy to say what people should have did or he should have did this or he could have did that and what happened. People tend to forget. Like, the NBA wasn't what it is, wasn't always what it is now. Like, it took time to get that. And the funny thing about salaries, like, salaries kind of, like, creeped up a little bit here and there, and then they started to jump around the mid to late 90s, like, around the mid 90s, and then they really started to jump in the late 90s, to the point where people were like, oh, we gotta, we don't know what we're doing, the money protects from ourselves. It's easy to get on Jerry Reinsdorf to say you should do this, this, and that. They did. Like, he the first rookie deal, you can say something. The second one, nah. Like if he say don't sign it, you sign it anyway. He say we can't renegotiate. And keep in mind the CBA actually prevented certain renegotiations. Then that's on you. Like you know what you know you know what Clay Davis would say. <laughs> so, I, and I know it's I, kind of like we all, and I know the whole, and it just it's hilarious where. We focus on Pippen. Well, I know the fact that Southwest Pippen ended up making more than Jordan did. You think that's fair? Oh well, in the whole scheme, we well, if you're a certain age, you know that Jordan never got the money that he was deserved for the basketball itself. Uh, exactly. So, but I I haven't heard a single person make that point on Twitter. It will one or two. I think they'll dive into that. I'm almost sure they'll have, they'll speak up about that and. Yeah, and you know it seems like more of everybody talking in the moment in that moment, except for George. George's like talking about now. Oh, Scotty was selfish. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it's. I mean, that's like Jordan the cop. We are, we are. Well, so yeah. I mean, and it's sort of like you know, I was coming here. I saw the Coke Express. I'll turn my back and run away. <laughs> and y'all making these jokes like, you know, he's snorting that stuff. Michael Jordan ain't snorting that stuff. 
<laughs> he might be doing. He the, might be smoking a cigar, like drinking no wine. Oh, that yak got him. Look at the eyes. Damn crack. Wrong. Like, what is wrong with y'all? Hey, a man that a man that damn fanatic about being that good. You, I'm just gonna hit this bump right here. Listen. Word. Listen. Y'all think? Y'all really think? I know, like, jokes. Jokes. Like, come on now. Like, jokes gotta be funny. It was funny. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That, that may not, that may hit, okay, put it like this. It was funny until everybody ran it into the ground because everybody went with that. But ain't nothing going to be more funny than Common being a damn a scammer. They <laughs> <laughs> say he wrote the damn Bible wrong. Give me my money back. Anyway, <laughs> let's jump into the movie. Today's movie is 2003's Cradle to the Grave. Uh, this is it. This is it for DMX for us. Um, this is the movie that I saw a lot. Uh, I got to tell you something, Shahid. It was rough getting through it. <laughs> it was rough. I think I had to uh, start it twice over. I started when I got home from work, and I stopped for some reason. Then I started again last night. I fell asleep. And then I kind of woke up <laughs> sometime in the best. I was like, let me finish this damn movie. Um, well, I think because I knew pretty much everything that was going to happen, I didn't like I once I started seeing, I was like, oh, I remember this. Oh, I remember this. The only thing I couldn't remember was the run on the wall. We'll get to that. But eventually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is the same director. They did uh, the last two DMX movies. And I have to say he he came back. He bounced back from um, exit wounds while I think. Romeo Almost Die was his best uh, movie as far as, you know, the cast that he was, you know, kept on using and stuff like that. You got to tone down Anthony Anderson. A little toned down from the last two movies. I And I was like, yes, this is a warm welcome. But Tom Arnold turned it up. <laughs> he definitely turned it up this movie. Um, and this movie, I would say, is just, it's just, it's just a solid movie. It's just solid. Like I say, if you saw Exit Wounds and you didn't enjoy that, then I think you enjoyed this a lot more. And I think it's what you said last week is because Jet Li, you know, he was in the movie and he made a difference. While I think he was a little toned back in this movie. Oh, I got some thoughts about that. It's not just Ang Jet Li. It's taking out Steven Seagal. Oh, boy, yeah. And the biggest thing between this and Exit Wounds is Exit Wounds was the, the Steven Seagal show featuring DMX. This is DMX featuring Jet Li. Mm-hmm. Like this is a this is a DMX movie. Like he does probably the most acting out of the three in this movie. Um, and the one thing I know, especially noticed watching with Jet Li, is like he's in the movie a lot. He ain't doing that much. Like he's doing enough. Like he's doing just enough. Not like he being lazy, but it's kind of like he's. It's a economy of movement and action with Jet Li, like as far as acting, what he does. And keep in mind, he don't take his hand, he don't take his hand out his pocket to the end of the movie. <laughs> he's, fighting with, he's fighting with one hand, majority, and he fight like sometimes 10, 11 people. And he's not taking, he just out there like he oral from Street Fighter 3. Like, I'm just gonna fight with one hand, I'm just chilling. <laughs> like, he does not, it's funny where I've I kind of knew that, but like rewatching is like, yes, a lot of times he'll say a line here and there. He'll do just enough to beat somebody up and then it's like say another line, walk away. 
Like he don't he doesn't really get excited that much till the end. He doesn't get all hyped that much till the end. It's a way different performance than Roman Must Die. Roman Must Die was kind of like he's hitting all facets of the rainbow as far as acting and as far as like his performance. And this one is like I'm just I'm cool gently. He you know he I'm chilling. He was almost just DMX's Yoda. Because all he did was kind of answer questions. You know, DMX, what the fuck is going on? This is what's happening. And I'm this and I'm that. And you should give me those <laughs> give me those stones back. It was just like he was answering questions. Yeah, he was, yeah. When he, when he talked, it was like maybe two lines, then cut. <laughs> Go to the next scene. Stones aren't what they think you are. That man's exactly who you think he is. That's it. You should, you should go. <laughs> and that's it. Like he ain't, you know, he ain't, he ain't wasting time. So I will give him that. <laughs> yeah, this is basically a DMX show, and it's kind of like let's make the story around DMX. Let's give him a team. And but the funny thing is, the pay. You know what's the hard thing about the movie? It's like an hour and what forty five, fifty minutes. Yeah, it feels a lot longer. Yes. It feels like it's a two and a half hour movie because I'm watching a movie thinking it's about to be it's about to end and I checked the play time it's on like 55 minutes like at the halfway point like it's a lot of like it's a big the, chunk where the second act is long the second act the is middle, super long it's the middle act that takes so long cause it's kind of like it's a big chunk of the movie where you don't see Gabriel Union Anthony Anderson that drag on for like what 35 minutes like from the if time that. DMX first interact with Jet Li it's a huge gap where it's just them or Tom Arnold. And you don't even see like half the movie. And then they jump back in and it's like you restart the movie all over again. It's like a whole new storyline. And then you get to the end. Yeah. Um, I thought the movie was very... How can I say it? It was a... Uh, it wasn't initially seeing the movie and I thought think i went to the movies to go see this i could be wrong it wasn't uh promoted like i thought you know when i went to go see it was something completely different because it's basically about him saving his daughter basically you know he's a um he know he's probably a well thief in the night he's you know that's how he make his money or whatever and stuff like that and he decided to take the stones or you know from the not wrong person but Everybody's after these stones. So you know, they take your daughter and then it's just basically get my daughter back. He made a deal. Yeah. Like he made it, you know, he had a deal to get some stones from this dude and got caught up in all this mess. And DMX is the single father, the sensitive single father. These things is just hilarious because it's kind of like, he's real sensitive in this movie. He's real emotional. Like, you know, I care about my daughter. I do anything for her. I care about my homies. I treat her trying to do the right thing like it's this is the least part you want to say this is the least least dmxy dmx performance but this is really the most dmx dmx performance because like that's that's what i said earlier dmx gets it he's sensitive is all the bluster all the barking and shouting and growling he's sensitive he has a heart he cares and that's why DMX had a certain career and job rules it. That's one of the reasons. Now, did like, you like DMX cares? Like you can tell, like DMX, he just had this thing. Like deep down, he cares. 
Yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Ja Rule seemed more about. I'm in it for the, you know, I'm in it for the fame, the money, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, okay. But DMX seemed like it was, it's more depth there. Yeah, Ja Rule tried to be. Ja Rule couldn't do the thug thing because DMX was already there first and doing it better. So it's like I'm gonna be LL Cool. I'm gonna be the short version of LL Cool J. Which which was fine till Fifty Cent laughed at it, and it's like I guess we get to laugh at it too. So that's a story for another day. I want to talk a little bit about Gabrielle Union. Oh, because she has a funny career. Like decide how she looks. Because the funny I have a funny thing about Gabrielle Union. Like she's beautiful, but I've never really been like a Gabrielle Union fan like that. I don't. It just it was just something like a little above it all and that's kind of like meddled out but i'll say this about Gabrielle Union. i always use her as a demarcation point for black actresses and i'm going to explain real quick yeah explain. like black actresses you based in like three categories and there's some overlap a little bit you either like i'm a movie star where if i'm in a movie either the movie star me or i'm no I'm either the first woman lead or like the second woman lead. Like Viola Davis, Angela Bassett, Holly Berry, Lupita, like them. Like, you know, I'm going to be in a movie. It could be a big time movie, small. Like, if I'm a movie, I'm a star. Like that type. Okay. And right around the end of that, it's kind of like Taraji Henson's annihilation. Then you get to the whole category of like, I could be in a big movie and be like a second, you know, second or third star. Or I can show up in like a Tyler Perry movie or Power. And then it's, that's kind of like the Megan Good, Cynthia Dye Robinson, Sanaa Lacey, Tiffany Haddish. And Gabrielle Union is right in the middle of that. Like she's right there. Because above her, or like the people that might be like a star or like a big, like a big star. And below her is the whole, I'm in movies that white people will not see. Like Jennifer Lewis, the Jennifer Lewis, Lisa Ray group. Okay. Like, like, you know. Yeah. How many white people do you think know who Jennifer Lewis is? Uh, Out of 10, I'll say one. One. And we've seen her, black people know, black people may not know know her name, but they know her. Mm -hmm. Robin Lee, Lisa Ray. Like, it's just that whole at least meal. Like, it's like they're doing a lot of work, but white people don't know who they are. Gabrielle Union is right in that middle where she's had this long career. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's been in big stuff and small stuff. And yeah, she's doing a lot in this movie. Now she's doing a whole she's doing a whole lot. Although it's the you know the funny thing about this movie? It's a whole backstory that they really don't talk about. Like, like kind of like this team here and there. And it's kind of pick up, like, it's kind of weird. Like, you get the, oh, yeah, Gary, you used to be a, a hoe. So DMX kind of, like, saved, saved her from the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, it, you absolutely hit it right on the head. There's things missing. There's absolutely things missing. And when they, you know, start the movie, when they take the, uh, take us into the movie, it's just like, no, you're here. And you don't need to know anything else, but we'll give you these little nuggets of things that you might want to know, but we're not going to give you no backstory about it. But then they get backstory. That's the whole thing. At first you just see this crew and it's like, 
are they friends? Are they romantic? They kind of flirting. Like, this is the most you see, like, DMX being romantic in, like, any of the movies, but he's not really super romantic. It's just kind of like... They were a they couple? chemistry. They had but chemistry? Then you start delving in the deep, like, yeah, you know, she used to make me a whole bunch of money. You had to put an end to that, huh? Like, you just put it back on the two <laughs> Then I got pissed. It's like, what? And then she in the clothes, like, oh, you know, I remember you from back in the day. It's like... One, how old is she supposed to be? And two, huh? That's, I just laugh at the, I mean, it happens in real life. But I just laugh at the thought, like, oh, yo, Gabriel, you used to be on the streets till DMX saved her from a, a life of hoeing. And I'm like, oh, I know that story happened in real life, but somebody looking like her and being that smart is kind of like, okay. Not as bad as, like, you know, they had a move like when Jennifer Lopez is a maid. Oh jeez, this shit doesn't even work. Okay, because if you don't know, this was role was originally for Aaliyah, but I wonder if that you know I wonder if that backstory would have changed or would they kept it exactly the same if she was in the movie. Uh, it's, I mean, Aaliyah ain't being the supporting star for DMX. As big as DMX is, they had to change the role. Because I know they like, she's supposed to be in the movie till she passed away. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to say, okay, so, but how? Like, she, what, you swiping her out for um, Gabriel Union? Then that movie, make, then that movie makes no sense. Like, it's just, it's just off. And not only that, it's kind of like, people gonna look at it like, this is Romeo Must Die Part 2. Yeah. You know that's the that's the thing he he loved these actors. That director loved these actors. I'm being I just think he enjoyed work with them, um, for the exception of <laughs> Steven Seagal. I don't know what, what that was. Maybe they couldn't get Jet Li for the movie, and he was just like, "Oh, we'll get Steven Seagal." I don't know, but yeah. I wonder if I wonder if it was if it was like Aaliyah and Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I mean, because that was the thing that Schwarzenegger was supposed to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm just, I'm hard to believe that role would have stayed the same with Aaliyah. And like you said, she was just too big. Yeah, I I don't know. But. Like as big as DMX is, because this, keep in mind, this is 2003. So this is like, this is right when DMX is like right about to like fall off the face of the planet. And that's the biggest issue. I always thought this came out before Exit Wounds, and then I realized this should have came out before Exit Wounds. This movie should have came out in 2001. Exit Wounds should have came out later. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I think, I mean, and I think things would have been a lot, because I think Exit Wounds being what it did is the reason why Kratos of the Grave didn't make as much money, because like, oh yeah, we saw it, but it was like, you know, Steven Seagal, whatever. And by 2001, DMX is like right at the peak. 2003 is like Steve Austin. Like I'm about to be, I'm about to be out. Like he basically, like, he basically like vanishes after 2003, and it's the scene kind of like it's, it's, you know, it's wasted. I will say this: it's directed a lot, a lot better than Exit Wounds. Oh my oh, goodness, like yes, a whole lot better. The action scenes are better. They took out, they cut down on that lot on you know, the CGI fancy stuff. Although. We might as well come on now. DMX running up a wall with 
Tim in baggy jeans will never not be funny. Even Jet Lee turned around and looked like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And he he was cocky too. He poked with his hand, make sure he kept his balance. And he didn't just run up one or two steps. He ran, he ran all the way up. up. Like six or seven steps and then flipped. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you gotta be kidding. Like, he's still doing the whole knees and elbows fight. Like, you know, what's one thing? Like, DMX learned his style. It's like, I'm doing my Death Jam Vendetta style. Cool. But that run up the that run up the wall. Yeah, it took you out. Dogs are just like this is insane. <laughs> it took you. I think that was one of the days my man might have been getting high. Someone's like, I got an idea. Listen, everybody, this is gonna work. I'm telling you, <laughs> this is the one. This is it. Do a flip. <laughs> well, we might as well get we might as well get into the movie. Yeah, so, go ahead. So the plot of the movie is real simple. Anthony State, you know, leader of like a high-tech team of thieves gets contracted to steal some stones and gets caught up in a, you know, secret conspiracy because the stones end up being miniature plutonium. And, you know, it, with him and a Taiwanese officer played by Jet Li, they got to save the day and rescue his daughter that got kidnapped. That's it. Yep. Like, it's kind of it's kind of straightforward. Like, that's good. It's just hilarious where... Okay, weaponized plutonium, that could have been going, those bits seem cheap. A, a million dollars for a stone, for like five stones, that's it? Yeah, it don't sound like the math was off. Like the shape of like, you know, the equivalent of two Hiroshima bombs, and you can keep it in your pocket, and it's undetectable, and that's all you charging? Yeah, the money seemed a little off. I don't know if they did their homework on that. No, they started off off, and they're like, "Yeah, I'll take one for, I'll take five for one." Then they, you know, like I'll buy seventeen for thirty million. They's out there, yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, club about the the club about the clothes. I need to go home with somebody. <laughs> oh my so, goodness! Might as well jump into the movie. Starts off, you know, DMX this crew consists of Anthony Anderson. Drag on and Gary O'Union. It's just funny saying that. <laughs> Which part? The Gary O'Union part? The drag on part. Because it's kind of like, oh, we like you in this one. Let's let's have let's actually have you have something to do. That's what it seems like. You know what? You're right about this. It's like it's weird doing these movies because I've seen Anthony Anderson three straight movies. Mm-hmm. And it's not a trilogy, mm-hmm. like, but it, it it feels like it. Like I keep seeing the same thing. Like, why am I seeing Tom Arnold again? Mm-hmm. Like, drag on, like you know him and DMX running down the subway. He almost slip and get electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, like can't be running Tim. He got a belt on. Uh, so they yeah. basically they're trying to plot to steal these stones that this guy told him about. You know, they can. Their job is to get the black stones to him. They get to keep whatever else they find. So they're they're working in the subway to get in one way. And meanwhile, Gabriel Union, Anthony Anderson, basically their job is to strap the security guard. Gabriel Union starts first. She out there flirting. Oh, I'm just looking for such and such like this, and try you know 
use her feminine wild, showing a little cleavage. The dude ain't having it because dude is gay. She's like, oh, I'm wasting my time. It's like you're up. And, and who's you? Anthony Anderson. It's still a tone down. Tone down. I mean, yeah, it's toned down, but it's not. It's not. It's not any more enjoyable. No, it's very toned down. Yeah, like it's toned down, but it's like, oh, okay, so he ain't shouting and screaming. Instead, he gets to pretend to be gay. He gets to make these jokes. I like to be all rustled up, tied up, and all that. And this thing going for like three or four minutes. Too long. So basically, he's flirting to distract the security guard from hair and DMX and drag on empty the state using a rocket launcher. <laughs> Must be an earthquake. <laughs> They out there, just a high-tech squad. They using Freon and, you know, liquid nitrogen to freeze the vault. They out there with drills. And then they take a rocket launcher to blow the blow like a hole off the door off. And nobody hears this? Nope. A rocket launcher, Jeff. What? I mean, I guess it's like it's easy to get a rocket launcher in the C4. I'm watching all this stuff they're doing. I'm like... It's a high-tech team, but this plant team. That's like, oh, it must have been an earthquake, baby. I hope you hold me. So anyway, they're in there looking for the, you know, looking for diamonds and stones like this. Meanwhile, Jet Li, you know, he, he's in there tracking all this, just chilling his sports car, looking for the guy that gave him, like, the clues. And how does he sneak in? Oh, I'm just going to drop down from floor to floor, grab the balcony, keep dropping. No problem. One of few times he uses both hands. Insane. You know my skill. No, I don't. I, listen, the skill that has to do some shit like that is insane because you got to be on point, or your ass gonna die. You slip once. That's right. You don't get to slip twice. So he does that. He finds the man Kristoff. He's like, you know, tell me about the stones. Where they going? I don't know why this dude thought he was going to have hands with Jet Li. He gets beat up, tells him what he needs to know. So he calls DMX. He's like, you know, your man sold you out. Drop, you know, just leave the stones. I'm, you know which one I'm talking about. I was like, nah, I can't. I ain't trying to do that. He's like, all right. You know, and his man is telling him out. Jet Li did because Jet Li called the cop. Like an asshole. I don't like to report a robbery. I like to report a robbery. Damn, Jet Li. Oh, snitch. He got a job. Sue got, Sue got a job to do. So cops come, they escape out, and then it's the train scene where they they basically split up. So DM, DMX and Gabriel Union go one way. Anthony Anderson gets to leave because he's the limo driver. He gets to move the car, escape, no problem. Drag on, think he's just going like waltz on out. He got to throw hands. Let's see. And they go about as well. Yeah, you think from somebody from Yonkers would do fighting gently. <laughs> Listen, did you have to say Yonkers? We know where he's from. You had to throw that in. <laughs> Man, he out there. I mean, he was trying. Like, yeah, he, he gave, he gave his all. Like that. Jet Lee was not. Jet Lee was like, <laughs> all right. He was using 20%. That's all I need to use. Yeah, I'm going to kick you in your shin. 
kick you like in the back of your lug, things like that. He could have murdered Dragon off. When he didn't want to, he's like, I just want the bag. So he's fighting. That fight goes as well. He thinks Dragon pick up a pipe to jump. Still don't make a difference. Jet Li used the pipe to take the bag and bounce. He could have bashed Dragon on the head. He's like, nah, I just can't do what I'm doing. Meanwhile, Gary Yun almost dies. He almost falls off the train when the train's moving. Before that, he and Mexico should be a pervert. And I, I know why. Gary Yun is a, is a beautiful woman. And, you know, it's weird. The first movie seeing, like, he and Mexico a woman. Yeah. And I think that. Three weeks done. I think that's what threw me off because I really didn't feel the chemistry between those two. So, and just seeing him do little stuff like that, I was like, yeah, because you used to him just being like, fuck everything else. I just want my money or whatever it may be. So, a little jarring. They had they had chemistry. It just wasn't romantic chemistry. Yeah, it, it seemed like more like, like buddies. It was kind of like, we care, we care about each other, and that's the homie, and I got feelings, but yeah, not this whole, not, not that type of chemistry. <clears throat> So anyway, that's going on. They drop the bag. So the whole plan's a fuck. They drop most of you know, they lose most of the money. Dragon gonna get his diamond stole. Jet Lee looks in there. Thought he's gonna get the black stones. He don't get the black stones. He just see a bunch of diamonds and he pissed. He's like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, is that the first time Jet Lee's cussed in English? Because it seemed natural. He was he was not. He wasn't mad, man. He just, he just annoyed. Like, oh, I guess I got to do my cop shit. So I thought it was gonna be done. I'd be home by dinner. Not actually go to work. Get to work. Uh, and yeah, and then Mark the cat shows and his gang shows up. <laughs> Mark, he oh, so Mark the cat shows apparently, according to IMDb, got selected because because Jet Li put a poll saying. Who would you want me to fight next in the movie? Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know that. It is interesting because it's kind of like Mark DeCastro's been around, but he's never been a big like. Yeah. I guess it must have been a lot of, it must have been a whole lot of only the strong fans because I know it wasn't because of Double Dragon. <laughs> it better not have been. <laughs> oh, shit. And you know, the funny thing is, this movie came out in 2003. We just saw Mark DeCastles and John Wick 3 last year. He's probably a bigger name now. Now, yeah. He's, yeah, he's a much bigger name now than he was then. And that's like 16 years ago. But I would say this about Mark DeCastles. He can fight. Oh, he got hands. Like, he, he got hands. He got hands, hands. And, you know, he coming in. He Christoph. The other guy's like, oh. Like somebody beat me to it, you know. Make sure you answer me. You know he's doing the whole cool villain. Make sure you answer me honestly. You only get one chance at this. You know, just trying to find where the stones that he finds. So he finds out. Of course, the dude dies, and he got a crew, and one of the members of the crew is Kelly Hu. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, that's all that need to be Kelly said. Hu. It's kind of like what. Tia Carrera crawled and walked so <laughs> Kelly Dude could hop. Is that how that works? Ah, uh, yeah. It's funny because a lot of these people, a lot of these people are still around now. It's an old ass movie. 
I know. Like the only one that you don't really see stuff aside like Demons, like Tom Arnold, you don't see a movie anymore. Like you see Anthony Anderson. Yeah, you see Mark the Cascos. Still see Kelly Who. Oh yeah, you play Mortal Kombat, you're gonna hear Kelly Who. Well, yeah. Yeah, everybody majority of everybody still out there. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Like I was thinking like, oh yeah, of course Andy Anderson, but everybody else, yeah, everybody's still working or at least their name is still, you know, out there. Yeah, well, a movie, movie that's 16 years old, so they asked after the Stones too. DMX trying to figure out what to do with the Stones. Jet Li shows up, it's like, who's in charge? So died, they looking around, see the Stones are taken. So everybody get back to the crib, it's like, oh, what happened, man? I got my ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> Some Chinese, some Chinese guy came, whooped my ass, broke my earpiece, and took the loot. It was like, damn. That's the way. Like, what the hell is going on? Everybody, everybody trying to get out of stuff. And Dragon's like, yo, can we, can we pull out the guns next time? There's no gun policy. There's no gun policy ain't working. And the answer's like, do we need to leave the country? God damn, take it easy. <laughs> he ready to get up damn, out of there. I go somewhere. You know what the deal is. It's like this ain't this isn't a simple job. They thought this was a simple job. Obviously, yeah. it's not. No, oh, no. Ready to go. So, yeah, it's like now nah, we gotta figure out what we're gonna do. And it's after DMX, you know, being a father, see his little girl. Oh, you want to know? Up here playing video games. I'm gonna give you a change. I love you and age like that. You my baby. Look at the stars to the right. The clouds to the left. And it always leads to rainy day. And seeing DMX as a sensitive day is weird because it works, but it's like, oh, is this type of movie? Where's the mom at? Right. He's just a single father. That's all you that's need to know. Single father movie is always weird because whenever you get them, you're always like, where the mom? You know, cause you know what it reminds me of? When you watch Fast and Furious and all of a sudden, Hobbs got a daughter. <laughs> and they never mention the mom. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I I wonder why they do that, but I think I I think that's for the, is it like for the women? Like, oh, he's a single father. This is so cute. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. He didn't. didn't, This thing. This thing. Yoshi's Island. Stork didn't drop her off. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, divorce. Die. Yeah, they don't ever talk about nothing. Because it's just weird, you don't see single fathers that much. But when they do, it's just already jarring. So anyway, the Casca's call was like, you know, got some stones from Mr. Fate. Oh yeah, you mentioned his name, Anthony Fate, Tony Fate. Hmm. Hmm. And I and it's funny because his name Tony Fate, and their code word when they were talking about plans like Fate, and I'm like, where that come? Like, okay. And at first, I was like, is his name is his last name Fate? And like, no, that's being kind of arrogant but that's the whole thing like this is a team where they all and the dynamic is different compared to how it's actually like this is this is squad they all care about each other they're looking out for each other and it's not it's less the jokes where actually won't see him right it's kind of like like you my homies i'm you still getting these jokes yeah you don't get too much joking from him in this movie at all he's a father he ain't got time for jokes yeah you ain't lying about that so, Mark the Cash would call him, like, you know, you got some stones for me. 
make a deal. Like, yeah, make an offer. He's like, nah, those are my stones. I made an offer to somebody else. Like, you made this easy or you made this hard. Like, look, I'm a businessman. Let's talk money. You want the stones? I give you, you know, pay up. Which makes sense because it's like, you know, that's what he's trying to do. So, but he don't realize Mark Kessel's ain't here with them games. So, they try to figure out what happened when they, you know, who snitched. So, he go to Crystal Place. Jet Li go to Crystal Place. BMX sees Crystal. Crystal, but no, just take dead. <laughs> see Jet Li there like, oh, you the dude that was on the phone. You did this? Look at Jet Li. Not me. Not my style. Uh, you be listen. I understand, you know, what I don't understand. But if you're gonna kill somebody, you know, villains kill people. Why? Why does it have to be so dramatic? And you got to put him in the fish tank. Like, God damn, he's already dead. What are we doing? Yeah, fish ain't do nothing. <laughs> he was pretty much dead when we first saw him. Like they were gonna kill him. You knew they just wanted the information. They were gonna kill him. But Jesus, the fish tank. Anyway, yeah. So they basically having a, you know, it's like they basically having a fight, like a little quick fight. Then they get, they're calling a phone call, you know, they get a phone call. It's like, oh, and I gave you a day, like, you know, you wanted, you could have made this easy. I just want the stones, like I'm a businessman, make me an offer, blah blah <laughs> blah blah blah. blah. He's like, you know, one last, like last chance, like you know, I'm giving you a chance to make this easy. And he's like, no, so. He leaves because he's like, yeah, I don't know what your name Like, he wants the stones. You want the stones. Everybody wants the stones. I hear nobody talking with no money. I'm out of here. I'm going to bounce out. He get, he get followed by Martha Casco's goons. And then they start having a, they start having a fight. He's doing well. But it's like, it's, it's three on one. And they put a gun on him. It's like, you know, where the stones. I can got, like, everybody talking. I don't hear nobody talking money. <laughs> This man has a gun to his face. Yeah, he talking about something. I'm a businessman. Make me a deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, life. Like, man, ain't going to work home. Because I don't got the stones. He about to get shot. And he's still, like, he must have to go out like a soldier. So Jet Li shows up with one arm, his one arm in his pocket. Like, nah, I ain't got to pop the other arm. I'm just going to slap box you to death. So he's fighting using minimal amount of effort, still beating people up. DMX out here throwing side kicks, knees, elbows, and Tim's in a jacket. And then some dogs get let loose. They're chasing, you know, after DMX and Jet Li team up. And one of the dogs start chasing DMX. And DMX proceeds to run up a wall and do a backflip. To avoid this dog. I gotta say he took about eight eight steps up that wall. Eight to nine steps. <laughs> and I'm just watching this. And keep in mind, everything up here has been like, you know, regular effects, perhaps like the movie is mostly practical effects for the most part. It's stuff a little fancy stuff here and there, but it's not like exit wounds. So it's jarring all of a sudden you see EMX pretend he's Lu Kang. <laughs> Oh shit! And it just looks so weird. Just picking DMX with some baggy jeans and some Tim, unlaced yeah. Tim, run up a wall and do a backflip. 
I'm just watching this, and I rewinded like two or three times and started laughing. Because <laughs> I remember the scene. Cause I remember when I first watched it, and I laughed then. And I like, I wonder if it aged well. No. Like, it was, it's just as ridiculous now as it, as it was when it happened. Uh, so, you know, meanwhile, you know, all the, that happens, they get the call. The thing about that so they, scene, they, they oh, oh, the thing about that scene was, if you see the scene and that's all you see, like if that was the clip they showed, you would think it would be more of that in the movie. He didn't do anything else like that in the movie. There's nothing else like that. So I'm just like, good. Why? Why did you even put this in here? Did anybody say stop? But this director was insane anyway. All you gotta do is like watch exit wounds. But anyway, go ahead. It's in there because it's cool. It's like you want to run up the wall. I think. I mean, it, keep in mind, this thing comes up. On when you watch it, when you see previews, for yeah, they show this scene because this movie come on, this movie come on TNT all the damn time. So out of the three, it's the movie I've seen the most because it, it when it was on cable, it was always on cable. So that scene is shown. Cause, I mean, it does stand out. So he don't do the deal with the stone. So Martha Castle like fine. I got your daughter. <laughs> that's how I go. Yeah, because that's why he was mad at the first place. He kidnapped his daughter and like you know. Bring me the stones. I'll do something to your daughter. Oh yeah, put put the Chinese man on the phone that's next to you. And they say something. They say back and forth. And then Jerry's like, "We got the stones. We ain't negotiating for the daughter." And hangs up. Kind of like to throw him off. And it does throw him off because he's like, "We want to make a deal." That's kind of weird. Something must be up. So he's trying to figure out like what's going on. Like because otherwise, it don't make any sense. We can just trade the stones. He at least talk about trading the stones then. Maybe he don't really got the stones. So they're trying to figure out where the stones, who might know where the stones are. And it's like, oh, yeah. I know. Because earlier, the stones are gone because DMX gives them the Tom Arnold to find out how much they're worth. And, oof, Tom Arnold. <laughs> I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this it's is like it's like keep doing what you're doing. The exit wounds just change up a little bit. I, and I think this is Tom Arnold, like at peak Tom Arnold. I think I want to say I, I want to say this is like height, the height of Tom Arnold. Nah, it ain't okay. I feel like no, it is. Um, no, this ain't the height of Tom Arnold. What's this? Um, who lied to Tom Arnold? Ah, okay. I that came up. That came, I mean, you basically like the third, you basically the third star in a in a Schwarzenegger movie directed by James Cameron, and you got a big-ass role. It's like, yeah, no, that's peak Tom Arnold, because that's the best Tom Arnold. It's not like Tom Arnold stopped, like, no, this is definitely, but this is kind of like the most, when people think of Tom Arnold performances, you think of a performance like this. Okay. It's kind of like I'm fast talking. Um, you know, I'm the white guy that's cool around black people while still being white. Like he's that's it. That was that's, that was his niche. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, this era. Okay. I just feel like I remember uh, him like, everywhere. Yeah, stones, he was I'm like, to, you know, find out how much they were. I got jumped. They took the song. <laughs> and it's going to beat my cracker ass. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know who it was. And it's like, 
what you out here selling tanks? <laughs> and I was like, this dude out here selling everything. So, oh, and then you find out um, about Jet Li, his character, like he's Taiwanese secret, like he's like Taiwanese intelligence, basically more or less. So he out his jurisdiction. <laughs> you out your lane. He like, yeah, he like what you here for? The stones, they aren't what you think they are. What the man took him. He is exactly what you think he is. Akili and the murderer. Mm-hmm. And you find you'll find out later. You only find out about their history till later, later. You just get a little bit what's going on. It's like okay, so those type of weapons must be some dude named Jump Chambers. Jump Chambers. Yeah, dude, I know he know what he's saying. So that's how we gonna do. And they drive. Okay, how long was this drive? That took a while. This is what I'm trying to figure out because. All of this stuff, when they first start talking about jump chambers, they like this happening at nighttime. Still night. Must have been like late at night. Because by the time they get to the prison, it's daytime. Yeah. It took a, so it took a, they must have been out there fighting like 3, 4 in the morning. That's what I was thinking. Like, it, it had to be like super late like that. And then they probably got there, what, around 7, 8? Shit. Probably something like that. So... They get there, and then you get Jump Chambers, Shaw McBride. <laughs> Take your shoes off in my house. Full, you on full Negro mode, I swear to God. He's like, oh, I get to act, and I can wear pajamas and chill, and I don't got to do nothing. Sign me up. You know, he really didn't but do that. Go ahead. I said he really, he really didn't do anything. He was just like, "Oh, this is gonna be easy. This was easy work right here." Cut, cut the check. <laughs> so he's in there. He basically run the, you know, one of the prison like run the jail. He like there, you know, they got a damn like Persian rug instead of the, the jail, instead of the jail door there. Oh like, my goodness! He had a mail. I got your mail in some chambers. No, DVD player broke. I'll take care of that right away. <laughs> Are we going to... We, we, no, it just has to be stated. He has a fucking king-size bed in his jail cell. He's he's living like he's at home. Yeah, lobster. And being racist as hell. Oh, yeah. He's going. He's all the way there. They first come in and it's like, you know, oh, take your, you know, take your damn shoes off. She's on the jail cell. And then she's not like, who's the gook? What? I mean, he was so smooth with it, too. He just said it like it was nothing. 2003 was wild. Nah, we, no, 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 no. We weren't doing this. The only time we were doing 2003 was people just wanted to be blatantly racist. I'm talking cool. about movies. Yeah. Movie-wise. But even, this, even in a movie. Nobody else was doing that. This was just a whole no. We just want to show him he a dickhead. Because <laughs> it wasn't. I mean. He wasn't doing this like in the Matrix. Clint, Clint Eastwood said, hold my beer. He eventually said, hold my beer on that racist. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. That was his, that was the whole point of his character. And I, well, I saw Grant Torino. I'm like, Lord. He's ready to go? Probably a lot of, people probably like, yeah, he's my hero. <laughs> that was always, that was Joker before Joker with Grant Torino. But anyway, so 
trying to find out, like, you know, I'm trying to find what information is going on, like, small talk niggas and stuff. And as soon as you start telling them, <laughs> oh, yeah, how Dari's doing? Doing fine, right? Should be. She always was fine. She took her from me. He's he mad about this. And you could tell DMX is like, yeah, but, you know, he kind of, like, put his head down, like, yeah, come on, man. Like, I ain't trying to talk about that. I ain't trying to talk about this, you know. I got, they got my daughter trying to find out for these stones. He's like, yeah, you know, Dari's making a whole lot of money. You put the end of that right. You just thought it was, you just thought it was able to be, this just done because the best though. Tony Bates. Old, old rest haven for whole ass nigga. <laughs> man, I'm lucky you put her on the street and you ain't make money with her because them days done because I'd have been real bad. The type of man that had you dead. Like he he did not let this go. I think it was more kind of like you messed up my you took my number one girl and messed up my money. And I'm trying to figure out I what feel- happened. Okay. Okay. It feels like he took his number one girl, but he also, you know, had a thing for her, or they had a thing for whatever. Oh, I don't obviously. Know. Yeah. So. Because everybody, everybody know they together. Because he know, and then when they go to the club later, they talk about that there. I'm just trying to figure out because, like, yeah, you, that's what you try to do. That's what you do. Steal stuff. You're a thief in the night, asking, just taking stuff that ain't yours. Oh, he like Goldie. Yeah, I'm Goldie. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just trying to figure out, like, so anyway, he's trying to, so he's like, yeah, I got stones, but, you know, I'm trying to make a deal. Come on, you got my daughter. Make another one. Ooh. <laughs> God damn, cuz, chill out. That's some cold-blooded shit. Make another one. Like, this is about business. This is score of a lifetime. You can always have more kids. And then he's throwing some stuff at, um, Jet Lee, he's like, what? The slope can't speak? Slope? <laughs> what type of Archie Bunker shit is this? And, and Jet Lee is like, I don't speak Korean. He's like, well, I do. I'm about to open up this shop in Koreatown, like a strip club. I'm going to do reverse how they do us. They take all their money because they got, what do you say? They got faces like walls. Some shit like that. They just. Sean McBride was just way out of line. He was all the way out the pocket. And it was just like, whew, this shit was, this shit was hilarious. Like, was this before, this was before Undercover Brother, right? Uh, yes. Uh, but this was actually going in 60, going in 60 seconds, though. Was it? I can't remember when Gone 60 Seconds came out. No, this was after Undercover Brother. Undercover Brother came out in 2002. Shit, I thought it came out like in 2004 or 2005. I did too. Damn, Undercover. Shit. I guess time slipping. Time, time, yeah, time flies when you're old. But anyway, <laughs> it's, you know what? It's funny. Imagine you saw him at Undercover Brother and you see him in this. Like, what happened. <laughs> so, anyway. He don't give him the info that he needs. Of course, he's like this one dude getting all mad. Come on, let me take him. He tried to take Jet Li. Jet Li lay him out with one blow and bounce. So, like, DMS kind of figured out if he if he involved in this, 
and they gotta be at this club. Right. It's like, how do you know? Like, I just know that intuition. Like, don't you Chinese people, you know, don't y'all do that mystical shit? Like, you know, we like to gamble, not guess. Like, <laughs> Chuck, ain't here for this nonsense. Though. Like, I'm just trying to have a plan. So, me, so basically, the plan, they're going to split up in two teams. So, Jet Li is going to work with Tom Arnold to, like, find information on the dude that jumped Tom Arnold to see where the stones might be. And meanwhile, DMX and the crew are going to break in Jump Chambers' old club. The Mission Impossible stuff. Basically. Low budget. So, keep in mind, from the time Jet Li and DMX first meet up, the time they go to the club, you see like Gabriel Union drag on and Anthony Ashley back in. A good 25, 30 minutes has passed. I gotta say, I gotta, it's gotta be like 30 minutes. Cause I was just like, where the fuck is everybody at? What happened? So, cause this is about, we had to like the 45 minute part of the movie when they come back in and the whole plan, they're gonna infiltrate the club. So, the first part is like they trying to infiltrate the club, and of course it's like, yeah, Gabriel Union, why don't you get sexy? Why don't you sexy it up? Like, damn, uh, <laughs> that's a roll, honey pot. <laughs> I mean, I know it's like work because like she's doing that while Anthony Anderson's doing distraction, like he's pretending to be, you know, like an exterminator. Mm-hmm. Who's that dude that was like the bodyguard? I've seen him in. Before. Yeah, I couldn't. I thought I the same thing last night. I was like, I've seen him in something, I just can't figure it out. I, you know, I've seen him a lot. I've seen him with Harold Kumar, the second one, because he's playing like the de- like he's a dude playing, he's a dentist. Went out there, racially profiled, trying to find out, and uh, Rob Gordon's pouring out the grape soda. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember that. That's a funny ass movie. I remember that scene just laughing because the racism was so over the top, and they all looking at like they thugs. He like I'm a genius. They out there playing basketball. He got to escalate. <laughs> so anyway, in there trying like, oh, we got to simulate the place. So, like I never got any information like this. It was like, all right, and I just I guess I called the city. They shut it down. Like, oh, all right, hold up, player. You know everything. You gonna do all that? Da, 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 da. And we go make a deal. And then Anthony Anderson. Just the one time he does this Anthony Anderson thing, because we see the room like, oh, it's a globe in here. Probably, oh, bitches, like, probably put them on the globe right there. Put the ass around the globe like that. Pow! And start doing all that shit. Yeah. And dude had the same expression I had, like, yo, get the work. <laughs> like, I'm like, why do people, white people swear Anthony Anderson is funny? Not and like funny in a comedian way. I'm like, he is not a trained comedian, and he ain't Keenan Thompson. What did I just? What what I've been telling you for two weeks? That specific director, and I think it was highlighted here and just carried over to other stuff. It something about him. They people think it's that over the top. Uh, he was like you say he was doing Kevin Hart before Kevin Hart, but that that's disrespectful to Kevin Hart. But that's what. Say I would blame the director if I didn't see Anthony Anson doing a, a whole bunch of other movies because he was doing the same thing in Barbers. I know before you even bring up Transformers, we already know how Michael Bay rolled. He's doing the same thing in Barbershop. Yeah, they had a black director. But it's see, what, stories like go go do it. 
But it was believable in um, barbershop, though, because you know that type of person in that barbershop, the goofy, the goofy dude always hustling, always doing something he ain't supposed to be doing. So I could I can let that slide. But in these movies, don't make it any more enjoy. That don't make it any more enjoy enjoyable because the brother had him doing it. Like, well, yeah, I know people like that. I know people like that too. I stay away from people like that. Well, but, want to see in the movie. but the difference is from that is that was supposed to be the quote unquote the black experience in the barbershop or the experience that a lot of black you know communities um, have in the barbershop. I'm still I'm still ATM and I'm gonna do all this. And I'm gonna bang it on my toes. This Power Rangers Vulcan skull crap. That's that whole that whole story in barbershop has always annoyed me. Cause like this is some slapstick shit. It just, it always, it always. They're like Michael Ely should have shot at the end. <laughs> I was thinking the whole time, like he's been justified. Man, I already got two strikes. He messed around. I was like, so anyway, yeah. He's doing all this distraction, so distract. Got the camera in there, so Gabriel Union to get to do his thing. It basically kind of like distracts the club owner. While DMX and Drag on breaks in the jump chamber tape. The club owner is played by Michael Jason. And the funny thing is, at first I thought it was Dee Dee Woodside because I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. And then I realized who it was, and I'm like, Ugh, this scene played a lot worse now. Right. Anyway, I don't know who Michael Jason is. He was on the shield for a long time. And he's currently not on TV. He ain't gonna be on TV again because he's in jail doing life for murdering his wife. It was just weird. See, I didn't, you know, I forgot all about him until you had sent that uh, text to me. I was just like, oh shit, he is in this fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of like, I, I don't, I, you know, the funny thing was, I knew he was in the movie. For You know what it was? Because we've seen all three of these back to back. For some reason, my brain thought D.B. Woodside was in this movie again. Was playing that role. Sorry, D.B., I know you wouldn't do nothing like that. But, so anyway, it's like, oh, you know, what happened with you and Spade? Y'all feel like Bonnie and Clyde. Like, you know, yeah, but you were about kids. I try to get my freak on. What's going on with you? Like, you need a job? Really? Yeah. That's all. That's all she can do. Like, yeah, you know, you try to, you try to strip. You know. <laughs> and I'm just trying to think. Like, is Gabriel you got to have? You know what it is? I can't separate the character from the actor. Cause I'm like, I keep thinking like it ain't no way she don't got any more life skills than just like she's a hoe. And now they think she just over the pole. I'm like, she a professional, you know, robber. Yeah. Oh, you know, I guess they ain't. No, you want to get back on the pole? What? I mean, he was just, a, I mean, the guy, he was just trash anyway. So expect, he was going to say some trash shit like that. So it's like, yeah, why don't you, you know, why don't you go ahead and do out that? And then you start playing some music. I forgot the first song he played. And then he stopped it and did like playing. I know you, you should like this movie. It's a multiple Jay Z songs in this soundtrack. Cut it out. Uh huh. Just not check. Business man. Not a business man. Whatever. So she out there dancing, 
to a Neptune song. And hmm, Gabriel Union has moves. Let's just leave it at that. Oh, yes. We won't, we won't break down blow by blow, but she looking good. And Michael Jace out there looking all like any other dude in the club, like, yo, looking at his lips and just breathing all heavy. Like, yeah, I'm about to get some of this. And this is kind of like, she's good at her job distraction. So while she's doing this, you know, DMX and Dragon doing the whole Dark Knight plan. You're going to repel from the roof. He goes to the building and swinging with him and his magic twist, Tim, swinging and bashing through the window. <laughs> Did you just fucking say Magic Tibbs? <laughs> I mean, he running up walls. He kicking through windows. No cuts, no bruises, no nothing. And they don't believe it. Okay, the whole sound thing is insane. So it's like, they don't believe in stealth. Besides the fact they broke in through the window. Dragged on, pull out the Dark Knight Rogers sniper rifle. And that's the plan. I'm gonna shoot through a safe with a sniper rifle. Um, I feel like this is their uh, this is like their growing pains. This is like you know Batman Year One. This is his crew Year One. No. Nah, they from everything that's been talking, they've been doing this for a while. Oh, I know. I'm just joking because this is. But you would yeah. think they would be more well, like, strategic about shit. I mean, we used to most people like safe is like yeah, we gotta break the combination. We gotta do this, this, and this. They're like nah, we shooting through safe. But the like the one they use a rocket launcher. This one they use is, is a smaller safe. Let's not do overkill. Let's just pull out a sniper rifle. From point, imagine you get robbed. That's my time to steal your purse or your, your wallet. And they pull out a sniper rifle at point blank range. Yeah, this like give me your, give me your shit. I'm gonna blow your spine off your body. I, I'm just, I'm just laughing at the idea of like we're gonna blow open the safe with a sniper rifle. I mean, they, they just, thing. they just use the damn bazooka. So what the fuck? So this, this is like, uh, yeah, okay. This make want to try out. This make want to pay Metal Gear Solid for five. <laughs> this sneak up, up people. Yeah, you can see that exclamation point pop up fast as a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, they use it, burn the money that's in there, because of course, of course they hear the sound like, oh, yeah, I guess you just need a friend, huh? And back slap the shit out of her. Never mind. Women get hit in this, women get hit in this movie. Women and children. And fuck everybody that hit that kid. Oh, we'll get oh, we'll get to that scene. We're gonna get to that scene after that. We need to get the girl. I was just saving that. So anyway. They figure the jig is up. They don't find a the stone. They're trying to figure out where the stone, where the stones are at. They can't find them. He tells Dragon to go. Dragon's like, nah, we gotta go together. Like, nah, get the fuck out of here. Go. Like, you know, I don't want you going out with me. I gotta find these stones. It's my daughter. Blah, 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 blah. So that goes on. Three or four dudes, you know, rush them. And, you know, that Timberland Moot Town, it goes so long. You can handle one or two, can't handle four. And Michael G just pistol whips him. Like, what's up, fate? Bow! Hits him in the back of the head with his gun. Calls the cops and has him arrested. Like, what happened? Just fell down the steps. 
Yeah, right. So just you know, just seeing Jason, Jason seeing Jason in this movie just did not sit well with me, especially when he backhanded. I was just like, ugh. <laughs> so he's arrested the rest of the crew out there that strike. Before we get to what Jet Lee's doing, let's talk about old Vanessa. She kidnapped. She's trying to escape. What my daddy? I want my daddy. Oh my daddy. For you know, she tried to escape once. No. Doing it nuts. No, so he, you know, crashes the van. You the worst. That's the second time. The first time she kept talking, and they slashed the shit out of The lady, uh, uh, she just backhanded her. Like, God damn, what? Wait a minute, man. I want my daddy. I want my daddy. Fuck your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to look at your... You is not, not I, mom. I got to look at your stupid-ass uh, text and thinking, like, this motherfucker can't be serious. And then I'm like, see, you fucking with me again. <laughs> Fuck all these people, man. That girl ain't deserve that. But, you know, I didn't understand because they were abusive to her, but they took really good care of her. She had, like, a nice, comfortable TV bed all made up with nice pillows. Yeah, like, she's not to be quiet. You know, like, you know, you just leverage. We ain't trying to hurt you, but we will if you make us. Yeah. She kept fussing. She kind of had a... She kind of had a cool setup there to be kidnapped. Because I've seen movies where good, oh, kids are kidnapped. And they all fucked up in the game. They don't they know what going in like a, the basement. Yeah. Shut he up. Just, oh, he just moved his sandwich. <laughs> he shut the fuck up. She had a nice little spot. They be giving like, give them like drug Kool-Aid like they was doing a prisoner. Shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh. But I'm just, you know, it's no, it's funny because you know, he like abuse the children. Yeah, little girl, and they just like shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. Uh, that's why I laughed, not because it was funny, just because it was so you don't see stuff like that. So it was so unexpected. So you saw that. So that's what's going on there. She, you know, she keeps acting up. She gets, she gets let down. Get jumped, get jumped up to get beat down, as the song says. Yep. So meanwhile, Jet Li is doing his thing with Tom Morrow, trying to find out who got the stone. So there's just like his ultimate fighting thing, where we see Chuck Liddell catching the L from Tito Ortiz, <laughs> and yeah, Tito Ortiz got a big ass head. <laughs> the man, I, people think the Undertaker got a big head. Tito Ortiz, head must be like forty five pounds. That thing built like a that thing like a cinder block. With blonde hair, imagine imagine you get hit but by that. Oh no, I, I'm I'm not getting anywhere near for that for me to happen. Fuck that. Yeah, like you're a dead man. So anyway, Tom was like, oh, you know, I heard some stone that was you know being designed by a Taiwanese government wasn't actually diamond. You don't know nothing about that, right? So we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Like I'm chilling. Let's just let's hurry up. Let's you know, let's just find a song and it's like, oh well you gotta do that. You gotta pretend to be a fighter and distract it while I find this dude, you know, that had this ring that beat me up. So he finds the dude, Jet Lee is fighting. It's a dwarf that's not Vern Troyer. <laughs> uh <laughs> basically that, it's that's like, fair, oh, you know, yeah. I wanna fight. So he's in there to ring. He don't want to fight, you know. He's just dodging, you know, dodging the dude, dodging him a couple times. Tom Arnold finds the guy, he ready to leave. Like, no, ain't no leaving. You got to fight. So he used the dwarf as a weapon. 
as the dwarf try to throw hands. You know that gift you showed me? About yeah. That guy <laughs> throwing hands. That's what it felt like. He made somebody three foot nine trying to throw a spin kick at you. He's going to but work. Shit, don't fuck up. Well, man, is, uh, he's throwing his punches. He's giving it all he's got. But, uh, yeah, he need to get out the way. Like, like, yeah, like, come on. You know, come on, fight Bruce. <laughs> Jet Li did not like that. I'm not Bruce. <laughs> like, he was. He was like, like, fuck Bruce. <laughs> he almost. You know, yeah. a couple of more years, he might have said that shit just for the, just the hell of it. No, but the funny thing is, that's one of the few, like, Jet Li's cool most of the movie. When he get annoyed, he get, like, real annoyed. Like, I'm not Bruce. And then somehow it becomes from a one-on-one fight to a 15-on-one fight. Yeah. This is the most most work is Jet Li you're going to see. It's like he's fighting the whole cast of the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> they all they all jump in the ring. It's just looking in the air like, this is just interesting. <laughs> This is just insane. And then the funny thing is, he was trying to do the moves he's normally do. Like, I'm going to grab your fist and then twist it, grab a nerve hole. And he's probably like, nah, that work on people your size. That don't work on people my size. And I would give credit to this. It wasn't the whole Jet Li just squashed everybody. They was beating his ass for a little bit. Yeah, he was he was catching it. But I mean, he is fighting fifteen people. True. So he out there, you know, kicking people in the chest, kicking people in the throat. And the funny is this a rated R movie? I it believe it is. Yeah, like, I believe it is. When it was violent, it got like you know, it's funny where he's like, "Oh, it's fight scenes ain't that bad." And you see somebody, you know, jaw gets busted out. You see blood all over the place because everybody in front of the ring had like plastic bags to cover their clothes for blood splatter. So they out there cheering. He out there beating people up, swinging on poles. They fight the cage, gets, you know, the wall of the cage breaks. So they fighting on the top of the cage while the fans holding them up. And I just laugh because the one dude bounced, like, gently bounced up off the cage. And, like, dropped it to in the chest right in the midair. I'm like, this is some behind the commando shit. <laughs> 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 the, like the fight scenes are awesome but they goofy that's the funny thing about this movie like it's good yeah. scenes but they're silly as hell if that makes sense yeah that's fair yeah but way better but not as silly as actually one yeah it, 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 the scenes are like they're supposed they're supposed to be fun and they're supposed to have that like twinge of goofiness to them Exit wounds like they were taking that shit serious. All the way, 100%. If he was to go like using the Matrix. No, I like to jump over cars. <clears throat> <laughs> you call this jumping over cars? <laughs> you know, I forgot to side though. I just uh, read it uh, under siege. I would watch that shit today for the first time. Oh, you're going to have. You're gonna have a blast watching Under Siege because this is basically Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones doing their best while Steven Seagal just chilling. That's all that movie is like. Imagine Steven Seagal bullshit 
in a big act, in like in a big budget movie. Oh boy, this is gonna be. That's what Undersea. Is. <laughs> keep in mind, the person directing Undersea directed um, The Fugitive. Yeah, uh, I got cussed out last night by somebody else who said you ain't seen it. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna get it to watch it." Yeah. So, so anyway, they get so Tom Arnold makes a whole bunch of money. They, you know, they got the ring. So, fame the dude that jumped him, Tom Arnold with the damn taser. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, we can find out what's going on. So they end up finding the information. Meanwhile, the they're trying to figure out a way to escape. And you know how badass you got to be. You get to have an action scene in a movie, and the soundtrack is you rapping. <laughs> I I picked up on that too. I was like, "Oh shit!" It's a... And the song was for the soundtrack. Yeah. And X, I won't lie, that's probably my favorite DMX song. It's not it's not DMX's best song, but that's my favorite. Then I don't know what it is. Like that song just gets you hyped. Like you just ready. Like yeah, I'm ready to sprint. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah, it is a hype song, so. A good gym song. Yeah, and I like that song more than, I like that song more than, like, it's, when you think of, like, DMX, like, most popular song, is Party Up and this. As far as, like, overall, like, you know, like, popularity. Mm-hmm. I do not like, I do not like Party Up. I don't like the, I don't like the cadence of it. It's just something off. It's just something off. I, I don't know if I want to blame Switch Beats because maybe that make it easy. But I love X going to give it to you because it's just it's just a little slower. Yeah. So anyway, that, so he escapes from the cops, punches a cop, grabs ATV. The, the dude that had the motorbike, check him out, it's an ATV, man. <laughs> That's y'all plan. Y'all gonna roll with y'all gonna hope y'all catch up for the cops, catch him and get shit back. It was a plan. I'm not gonna say it was a good plan. This is some GTA shit, and, and he had a high speed chase off the city. The cops like this. It's a police chase. You know, man's known as Anthony Fate. How they know? I they and know I didn't understand police? that either. I was like, huh? They found a suspicious place. I was waiting for them to call Batman. <laughs> the notorious criminal Anthony Fate on a high speed chase off the that's the scene. And you know the funny thing is, which city are they in? Your guess is good as mine. I thought they were in Cali. Exactly. They never say. I can assume, but I'm not even gonna try. Because like and of the three, like, you know, Rumors must die, you know they're in California. Exit wounds will still be Detroit. This one they don't where are they? They just in the city. They might have been in like you know, San San Andreas for all we knew. Yeah. <laughs> they never say so anyway, he's having this high speed chase and it's a long it's a chase going for a while. They going throughout the city. He driving up steps. Multiple flight of steps. <laughs> and, eight, and I'm trying to figure out which building this is where you can just drive up flights of steps without turning. Like it's a flight of steps and there's another flight of steps. Uh, yeah, that I couldn't even guess where they were at. So he's doing all this. He escapes from the cops. He escapes from other ATM, ATM guys. Has his crew pick him up. They're like, oh, you know, guess this 
these chases over. He just wasted everybody's time. You know, the cops get you right there. Ain't no escaping the cops. He he chilling in the backseat. Got <laughs> some other ride. By the, by the news, like, oh, you know, the cops got him now. I don't know what he's going to do. Wasting all this taxpayer's money. Uh, yeah, the middle is a lot of stuff that happened like the middle part of this movie. It dragged. It just dra- it dragged for a while. Because yeah, the funny thing is, you had a lot of action, but it still felt like it was dragging. Because you had the whole stuff at the club, you had this scene right here, and you had Jet Li stuff going on. Yeah, not to mention they go back to jail. Yeah, it was just a lot. So then we go back to prison. So Mark Castle's handled things a bit differently. DMX, he ain't here to beg. He's like, oh, you know, let's talk business. Make me an offer. He's like, don't talk about fucking foreplay. It's not going to be ready to come off the bed and hit me. Fucking. <laughs> I called him. He was like, this is what I'm thinking of. Aren't you think of a number that's so big? And just think it bigger. That's why it's gonna be so big that it's gonna go back to sleep. <laughs> this dude is wild. Yeah, like this nigga. <laughs> it, that could not have been in the script. He had to ad lib that. Uh <laughs> yeah. Funny. yeah. It's funny thinking about them like Tom McBride stuff. I was like, nah, I got I know how to play this game player. And the white dude wrote that part in the script. I'm I'm sorry. This yeah, I don't. Not, this was not Tarantino with his with his poison pen. <laughs> uh, let's not break him up. I'm still a little upset with him right now, but yeah. So it's like, oh, so what you saying? And Martin Castro was like, I think killed the bodyguard with a lobster. Because this man was like, where my lobster? Like I'm waiting on the butter. Damn, you gotta worry about that lobster. He killed, he stabbed him in the throat with a lobster claw. Yeah, that's a bad motherfucker. Stepped on like, hey, all right, all right. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he wasn't talking that shit no more. He's like, hey, you know, Mr. Chambers said he won't be disturbed. Let's let him go. He did. He got stabbed in the back of the neck. So he out the paint. Uh, Where are we so, getting? Down to the nitty gritty. He now. knows where the stones are. I'm guessing in the stones. Because they went back in the plan. They trying to figure out, oh, he said the stones right here. What are the stones? And then he's letting them know, like, you know, weaponized plutonium. They can be used, now basically, they can be used as a weapon. Like, oh, you know this guy? Like, you find out later, it's like, they, used to, they grew up together. They were friends. They were part of, like, the same police team. He turned on the cop. He turned on the team, killed them, almost killed Jet Li. And kind of like went renegade, and apparently um, Kelly who was part of that too, because she make a lot of how many times we gotta kill you. So it's like they almost, it's, it sounds like they almost killed them overseas in Taiwan. Back yeah, in the day. this is uh, some comic book shit where they go at each other, they <laughs> rivals. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many times that happened in real life. Whoever. I mean, but then again, we just watched the Jordan one talking about you know. Jordan brother was basically torch, you know, torch like, make a man out of you. I, oh my god! I, you know, but his brother got a lot to do, <laughs> to do with why he liked this. But anyway, go ahead. So, diamonds are gone. They're trying to figure out what's going to happen. It's like, oh well, he's gonna let her go. We got the diamond right. He's like, nah, he's gonna let your daughter go. 
Then the daughter finds a cell phone, calls, explains where she is, and then they come to find out they're like in a harbor somewhere because it's kind of like they they need certain material to like weaponize the stones. Like I see green light, I see this, and I see doors. Daddy, come save me, Vanessa. Vanessa, I'm coming, baby. So somehow they can like yeah, use your um, police department credentials to break in the FBI database to see who's flying in and out. Okay, so now we're, we're in Fast Five territory. <laughs> so this ain't no year one shit. Cause like, they've been doing this for a while. It's like, you know, Dara can do the hack stuff. Uh, Tom Arnold's like, yeah, I can find, you know, I can figure out what's going on. I know what the stones are. Like, how he know? He got his ears to the street. Tom Arnold seem to know a lot. Know a lot. The motherfucker's selling tank. He should know. Yeah, we didn't talk enough about the whole thing. Is like, yeah, I got something to sneak up on them, and they get a tank. <laughs> it ain't easy getting a, tank, a, a workable tank. <laughs> anyway, they get the bus, they get the bus of weapons out, and the plan is that you know, find out where they are and get them. So all these crews there, you know, all these people finding helicopters by these stones, and you got the French woman. You got this white dude, and I don't know what African, I don't know what African nation Velveteen Dreams uncle was from. He's he out there. He don't have a single word. He out there shining, showing his <laughs> And all this was like real happy. Yeah, I'm about to really conquer the world. They sticking champagne, got suits on, and I'm like, this scene is hilarious. This is like some where's GI Joe at to save the day. <laughs> Like Mark DeCastro just gets all of a sudden, like, you know. Gentlemen, ladies, thank you for being here. Such wonderful people. As you know, nukes rule. What a way to start a conversation. <laughs> nukes rule. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, but it's like we got the stone completely inert, crash it with a hammer, so it doesn't flow, you know, has the same power plutonium. At 100 for size, completely inert, and we're going to show you. So they're doing a the whole weapon test, like weaponize it. And my thing is, how y'all know it works? Because some dude put some light show on. Like, you're not a nuclear scientist. You don't know. Sure. Give me some damn shit. I was, you know, I was thinking about that watching the movie yesterday. They're like, oh, I got my goggles on. I think light. They said, powerful as a Tomahawk missile. That's as powerful as Hiroshima. And that's all it takes. I mean, yeah. People, are, <laughs> if you can sell it, if you can talk about it, people will buy it. They had to have no, dude, I get the feeling like this is something that was kind of rumored. Tom Arnold knew. So it's like something that like some people knew about. So like, okay, I heard about this thing. This guy, you know, obviously got it. So it's like, we're going to stuff a bit and he's like, one, you know, one million for five stones. And I'm like, something that powerful. And this is like the 2000s of million? How much was Eric Snow making back then? How much more than a million dollars? <laughs> I think I'm almost sure he was making more than a million dollars. Yeah. How much money was Kerry Collins making back then? But oh, more than a million dollars. You ain't paying more for like nuclear weaponry? Like, yeah, whatever. So, they all, so anyway, while this 
details going on. The gang finds out where they are. Dragon got the sniper rifle, takes out two of the guards. You know, Jet Lee, DMX shows up. And you know who else shows up? Tom Arnold, Anthony Anderson, and a tank. How do you sneak up on people with a tank? <laughs> it's a whole lot of, oh, it must have been an earthquake. Oh, oh that must have been a wind. People shooting rocket launchers and sniper rifles and things like, oh, nah, that was a dog kicked over a trash can. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and every ass is up there with a tank. He's like, y'all, don't move. I'm going to shoot you. You're in a tank. Shoot them. What are you doing? Why are you, why are you the one afraid? You're in a tank, for God's sake. Yeah, which I didn't understand. Like, you in a tank, you should be, like... Because he ain't a killer. <laughs> Dragon is. He ain't. So anyway, other dude pull up, um, pull out his anti-tank gun out of nowhere. I'm like, this is seen out of run. Like, he just had one hitting just in case. Never know. Because he's shooting at the tank. The tank shooting at him. So then they're basically splitting like multiple fight scenes. So you got this scene going on. Martha Castro's is about to escape in the in the chopper. And he's like, nah, Kelly, who take care of my light work? He sent his woman to fight gently. And I'm like, what type of coward shit is this? <laughs> Man, say he had time for it. You, had, you handle this. I'll wait for it. What's the plan? You handle this, I'll wait. Because it, it's like he's waiting. He's just going to leave her? Uh, and meanwhile, DMX is chasing after, you know, trying to get his daughter chasing after the other dude while Dragon, you know, at, at, you know, providing support. Including shooting guns out of people's hands. Yeah. And shooting them on the ground. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, this team is skilled. They just don't believe in self. That's what I'm picking up for. I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure. Some of the stuff they did was just like, yeah, y'all smarter than this. That's all I just kept thinking. They're smarter than this. What's what's happening right now? No. It's like the plans they were doing was like, you know, you saw it do it. It made sense. As long as you ignore self, it's like, if I don't care, y'all know what we're doing. It works. So that's going on. Eventually, Gabrielle Union jumps in. Is like, you know, go, I got this. And this looks like this is a fair fight. In Wait. any circumstance whatsoever. whatsoever. Kelly Who versus Gabrielle Union. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they made it do what it do, though. So, I mean, because it's kind of like they established Kelly Who. You know, had hands in the movie. I'm like, she going toe to toe with Jet Li, holding her own. You know, Jet Li did. Did he punch her in the back of the head? Or the, oh, no, he punched her forehead. Mm, like I, at least once. Yeah, I think so. Was that when he's afraid to fight a girl? Like, nah, get all that. <laughs> he's a different. He's different on this one. <laughs> so they they had their so basically splits on the three different fight scenes. First one is Kelly Who versus Gabrielle Union. And Gabrielle Union is doing her best not to get murdered. Like, she ain't necessarily winning. Um, Kelly Who's been kicking the shit out of her. And it's a whole bunch of, I'm on the ground, and I'm going to try to 
keep your legs out or I'm on the ground and I'm going to slide between your legs or I'm on the ground and I'm going to kick you up. Like, there's a whole lot of Gabriel Union on the ground doing stuff because Kelly, you keep putting her on the ground. And eventually, I don't know what move was it. Like, Gabriel Union grabs her. Like, first she's fighting with her jacket. Mm-hmm. And it ain't working. And then she tries to do kicks. And they ain't working. Eventually, she, like, grabs a spin move and then, like, shoots her up with the Uzi without looking. I'm like, what type of Metal Gear counter move is this? She got to do it all with, like, yeah, swag, too. I'm going to shoot without looking. And I'm going to pose. She felt good. Hey, got to do what you got to do. And, and Kelly Hu is like, damn. She got shot nine times. Oh. She had this look on his face like, oh, I was not expecting I didn't think my day was going to end like this. Yeah, she didn't did she didn't expect us to be like this. So I lost to her. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. What what she and she flexed on you too. Like, like she did everything. Like somebody went in the final game with like a reverse dunk. Uh so DMX and this other dude. This fight was just funny because DMS trying to protect his dog. I keep getting punched and kicked in the back. <laughs> like I got you, I got you, Vanessa Powell. He getting, he getting tagged too. And then he pull up some. What are those things? Well, this what we like. He using his nunchucks. I don't know where he got. Um, it was used for something else. But he was using a nunchucks. Especially he win like you know, not you know, not my daughter. Definitely not the definitely the wrong father. Something he talked all. That probably was the worst of the three. Because it's basically like, you know, DMX running away, grabbing his daughter, you know, hiding underneath the plane, getting a punch here and there, and then getting punched in the face. And then he eventually, like, did the whole Craig thing. I'm going to get a weapon and do stuff. The best fight is Jet Lee versus Marcus Castro. Okay, before you get there. Before you get there. Oh, where the fight start? How the fight happened? No, 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 not, not that. I just have a question. Do you feel like the director was like, I don't like the way I shot Romeo Must Die. I want to redo it <laughs> in a different way. Or I want to shoot it the way it was supposed to be shot, but do it in this oh, movie. Oh. Uh, you mean the whole Ring of Fire? Yeah. I will say this. Out of the three final fights, this one was the best because one, it lasted the longest. It has the least amount of like CGI nonsense. Um, it's not that Russell Wong can't fight, but I got the from watching. If you watch *We Must Die* and you watch this, you get the crunch that Martha Castle got better, more hands than Russell Wong. I don't know if that's true in real life or not. It kind of come off that way. So, all, but also it's kind of like. Jet Li beats his ass. I mean, it's kind of like it's a. The funny thing is, it's an entertaining fight. It ain't that. It's not that competitive. The Roman must die fight's way more competitive. Like, yeah, Mark Caskell ain't drag. Mark Caskell ain't dragging around Jet Li the long. So <laughs> before the fight, yeah, there might be some truth to that. Maybe before the fight starts, got the whole thing is like Jet Li grabs, jump on the helicopter. <laughs> He's trying to. I don't know what his plan was. I guess lay him while he was telling them. Shut up, damn! <laughs> and that's the one side Jet Li get hired. He like, 
Oh, yeah, he's doing it. He's saying twice. It is hilarious because <laughs> he is so loud and insistent. Like, he afraid, like, shoot it down before I die. <laughs> and they try to figure out, like, how. It's like, put the big, put the bullet in the hole, dummy. Oh. And the difficulty it would take for this for a tank to shoot down a helicopter with a main gun from amateurs is insane. And they try to make it seem like, oh, it's simple. You just aim and shoot. Mm-hmm. She's on the back rotor. Helicopter crashes, sets on fire. Martha Castle doesn't have a scratch. Nope. And I was one well, like, first I thought, did he jump off the helicopter? I'm like, this helicopter hit and went completely on fire. And he just walked away with no problem. So, whatever. They had their fight. It's about, what, three minutes? It's uh, yeah, fire. it's a ring of fire around them. It's like probably two or three minutes, and you know, Mark Castle in his stand, and generally, like I guess, I guess I use both arms finally. <laughs> it's you know, we, it, I didn't notice it until like maybe last night. I might say, is he fighting? But I never was like, I never went back and looked to see if he really was. But it was just like when I saw he had both hands, I was like, oh shit. That's all I said. I was just like, oh shit, okay. So he's really gonna put in some more yeah. effort now. Yeah, he's finding both hands and he's fighting. And that's the whole thing. It's an entertaining fight. Mark Castle maybe hit him like what, twice? If that. That fight kind of seemed like fairly one sided. So he out there doing joint locks, kicking the sh- in the elbows, the knees, tossing them and everything like that. So anyway, he beats his ass. And then. I guess this director like really like Mortal Kombat. Cause the way Jet Li kills Mark the Castles is insane. He takes one of the um the shards of the stone that Mark the Castles has, shoves it down his makes him puts it in his mouth, makes him swallow it, and then chops him in the throat. <laughs> and Mark the Castles entire head Basically melt. Yeah. When I say it's like a Mortal Mortal Kombat fatality, that's exactly what it looks like. And it is just so gruesome. Like his head basically like melts from the inside out. And all that you miss the finish him. That's, that's definitely all I'm need. like, damn. It really had beef. <laughs> Not no more. Beef over. Look, man, everybody talking about they got beef and smoke. They really had it and Jet Li finished it. It is over now. That's how that's how you handle that. You know that, that man's head with a karate chop. <laughs> uh, so he's dead. Cops all showing up. It's like, oh, we stayed today. Guess I'm doing prison time. Let's see him next, like, you know, I'll see what I can do. Um, That's all he said. I don't feel like DMX was going to prison at all. <laughs> but he, yeah, but it kind of felt like, yeah, all this shit happened. I'm like, I wasn't going to be doing something. He was like, no, nah, I got this. He was like, oh, I guess it's time for us to clean up all our, you know, clean up our, clean up our lives. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you, T. Like, we're going we gonna to go straight now with the plan. Listen. 
Dragon got a sad card. Jesus. <laughs> Dragon got his sad card. And it's just really weird. That's all I'm going to say. It's just really weird. Because I don't see why. I mean, he was, this whole, the funny thing is, he was actually fine in this. He was fine, but I guess just had, me not seeing him, you know, I don't know if I, we, did we ever see him in anything else? I can't remember um, if we did. I can't think so. I'm sure he did some straight to DVD stuff. Uh, so, but I don't know. I just never got the the, uh, the drag on actor thing. Like, he was fine, but I just, you know. That's all that was. That's all it was. He ain't getting the movie otherwise. Like, yeah. You know, give, him a, give me a role for my home. Sure. He doing it again. Give him more stuff to do. Sure. And he was fine. The whole thing is, you know, the act like he, he just tried to play because he knew who he was. But like acting wise, he 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 did what he needed to do. He looked out. He looked out. Ain't nothing, ain't, ain't nothing wrong he with that. He was a fine. He was a fine starter. He should. He, he did. Like I need. Give me a good twenty two minutes a game. That's what he gave. DMX, DMX looked out and like like George should have looked out for Pippen. Yo, pay that man some more money. God damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sure? You sure that's what Jordan said? Like, it's funny what Jordan was talking about. Oh, movie's over. They all shake hands. You know, got what he wanted. Got the song. Got the daughter back. Fine. And then movie ends. Oh, or does it? Because for some reason... And I don't know why people just love Tom Arnold and Anthony Anderson in Exit Wounds. That little thing. They must have loved that. And they must have ate it up. They did that shit again. And I was like. Oh, I didn't see it. I, I didn't get far enough to see that part. I was so. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I just got mad. Yeah. I did not watch the post credit scene with this one. Because like, I learned my lesson from Exit Wounds. So I kept it moving. So... That is Cradle to the Grave. Out of the three, that's the one I've seen the most. Yep. Um, it's not as good as Romeo Must Die, but it's way better than Exit Wounds. I've come to the agreement. Ex, uh, Romeo Must Die is the better movie, and it's because everything just worked in that movie. The director, the the cast... Everything was right about that movie. Even Anthony Anderson to a certain degree as far as I don't like his comedy, but for that movie and for starting a trilogy of movies that we did with DMX, this was he was fine in that movie. And I just think the director, you know, he really fell off with Exit Wounds and he kind of made up for it with this um, Cradle to the Grave. But uh, yeah, if you've never seen Romeo Must Die, that's the one. Go back, find it, watch it, then listen to uh, two weeks ago episode of this if this is your first time listening so the next is, so we wonder what happened with DMX so the next movie he's in comes up as 2004 Never Die Alone nope directed we- by Ernest Dickinson <laughs> we are done think about that I mean it's just funny think about that Ernest Dickinson Juice DMX David Arquette oh yeah. If I watch that, it'll be on personal. <laughs> yeah, I'll just be texting you like, yeah, I'm watching this shit. What Clip? the fuck? Oh, of course, Clifton Powell's in it. Everything. <laughs> so let me see the synopsis of this movie. Never Die Alone, 2004. 
A drug kingpin returns home, catches off a turf war. Nope. Watch on stars. Oh. Oh God. Hmm. Maybe. May I don't have anything else to do today. Oh it's my a rest God. day from the gym. <laughs> Jesus. Why not? King David. Uh, <laughs> don't do it to yourself. Uh, I can hear you. Yeah, I, I turned that shit off. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I can just hear you say I, I can hear you say two hours from now I turned that shit off 30 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a try. Might might be 15 minutes in. I just curious to see what happened with DMX, so I'm like, yeah. Went downhill, like I said. Went all downhill after 2003. So, um, on some other news, yes, ladies and gentlemen, next week. We'll be doing acrimony. I don't know how this is going to work out because this is insane Tyler Perry and insane Taraja P. Henson. And shit. Okay. Can we... We won't stay for too long. Can we talk a little bit about Tyler Perry? Uh, sure. Because it's kind of like... He's almost like... Now, I don't know. It's like Mystic Man. Like, <laughs> that's, gonna, that's good. No, like... He's done a lot of great and good things, and it's a lot of sketchy things. Oh, yeah. You know, Tyler Perry basically kept Black Hollywood working from the post, from the time UPN died to now. So, like, the whole, whatever you want to say, Blackish Atlanta era. Yeah, insecure era like that era. Yeah, without him, that. you don't get those shows. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. Yeah, like it was because it basically it's kind of like we used to get all this like, and it's funny you talk about UPN like from the late '80s to like the early 2000s. Black people were like on TV and movies. It was and it wasn't a big deal. Like you think about the budget for these movies, it's like oh you know twenty five thirty million dollars. How many black movies now get budgets like that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like barbershop, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Have, like, you know, I had to look at like the, you know, um if you count if you count like ride along as a black movie. Mm-hmm. There's something like that. You know, that's Kevin Hart and Ice Cube. Like, Central Intelligence is, um, it's funny, I think like a movie like Kevin Hart and the Rock. That's basically a black movie, too. Yeah, it is. You know, but stuff like that, like, yeah, you'll get a budget if The Rock's in it, or Kevin Hart's in it. But, like, yeah, these, like, so basically what we were saying is, black people used to work all the time. And then, I don't know what happened, UPN or something is, like, that, that, that area went away. It just stopped. And then Tyler Perry showed up and you know, you can say whatever you want about Tyler Perry and plenty of people have, but it's kind of like a lot of your favorite actors and actresses would not have either been working or continue working without Tyler Perry. Keep in mind, Angela Bassett started working again because of Tyler Perry. Yeah. Hollywood has it stopped hiring her for stuff. Just think about how strange that is. And now you see Angela, 
you know, Angela Bassett's American Horror Story. She shows up in Mission Impossible Ghost mm-hmm. Protocol, um, Fallout. She's in Black Panther. She works. Yeah, she's 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 working again. Idris Elba after Wire, Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. Which is funny. Which is the reason Taraji Henson has keep doing Tyler Perry movies. She ain't got to anymore. Yeah, but she know. But it's like, you know what? I know where I came from. Because keep in mind, she did Acrimony. She already had been nominated for Oscar. This is, she's already, I think this is, she already been hitting figures. She's already when um, Empire was on top of the charts. So she's like a movie star. Movie and, and TV, TV star. star. Yeah, both. And TV star. And she said like, yeah, Tal, I'll do your movie. I'll do this crazy ass movie where I turn it like Jason Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw Acker movie in a movie theater and I'm like, this is batshit crazy, even for Tyler Perry standards. And like Taraji Henson was like, no, nah, this is Rick Swift. I can wrestle with a broomstick and get yeah. three and a half stars. Uh huh. Yeah, Taraji Henson, like, I'm going to show you what, I'm going to get five stars in this bitch. Yo. Jesus. Acting her ass off for a movie that did not deserve it. It's just insane. And okay, this magic battery thing. I'm just trying to figure like Tyler Perry's mindset. <laughs> I'm designing a battery that's going to change the world. Listen, I've I've you hit it on the head. He is similar to Vince McMahon, where he does a lot of great shit. A lot of great shit. Not going to knock him for that. But then it's this thing of you see these moments or you see these things or just anything. It's just like, what? I, I, don't, I don't have time to worry about wigs. He has a very old-fashioned idea how men and women work. And a lot of it come off like woman torture porn where he, like, he shames women into doing the right thing. And I'll say this. Did you see? Did you see the one? What was it, Mr. Deeds? Yes, I saw that. Yeah, and I'm like, I think that one bothers me the most. So I'm kind of like, he's playing, he's in there, he's the main character, not being there. He's basically like a billionaire, and he and he decides like, you know, yeah, I was gonna marry Gabriel Union, but I saw this crackhead Sandy Newton. I'm gonna, marry, I'm gonna like. <laughs> And I'm just sitting here, and I'm watch- I saw a movie in a movie theater, and I'm like, I can see why women don't like him, because you just think about Gabriel Union's character, like you edgy, you super educated, you got multiple degrees and everything like that. You basically like, you know, your whole life is to get a man like this, and all of a sudden he finds some charity cases. Like, nah, this is what I really like. This, this is Gabriel Union is what everyone expects me to have. Uh, it, it was in that yeah but Sandy Newton the single mom struggling with the with the pipe in her child to try to make it work that's what that's, yeah I'm gonna do that I'm gonna, I'm gonna elevate her cause she knows my heart and I'm just here I'm like ooh <laughs> like maybe a woman watching this like you gotta be shit like no offense love is love but I'm like you watching this as a black woman he has a very unique, somewhat disturbing way of seeing men and women. I'll just say that. No. 
it ain't unique. It's a lot of people <laughs> like it. He can be honest. A lot of it's an old. I'm trying to be nice. Try to be yeah, nice. It's how, yeah. You, we got plenty of aunties and uncles who got that mindset. Now we got, I know plenty of people around my age who they got that mindset and they ain't grow out of it. And it's kind of like you know, and it's the the villains always look the same, and the men villains, the super villains. Listen, they can't just like, for oh, color girls. For, for color girls, took me all. I said, you know what. Whatever issues this man got, he needs to unpack. Because I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching right now? I remember. Yeah, I think so. So I never read the book. So I, I was seeing it from his, you know, thinking that he wrote it and directed it at the time. And I was just like, oh, my God. I think my wife or somebody was like, no, no, no. You know, it's a book. And I was just like, okay, because I was about to be out. <laughs> it's plenty. I mean, it's plenty of them where it's like. If the story is not based on the men, the man be looking bad. Like, if it ain't daddy's little girls, it's like, you, you be careful. You a man in Tyler Perry movie. Especially my being like, you oh. might catch some rich in the face. Motherfucking Blair Underwood just loved that. Oh, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll play that role. Yeah, one day, I'm going to just try to think like he's the worst villain in a Tyler Perry movie. Or like the worst character. And it's probably like a list. Like, as I know Blair Underwood got to be up there. I know Sanaa Lathan and the family that prays got to be way up there. Um, what's the dude named Robbie Jones from Temptations? Oh, God. He, because I'm like. He number one with Kim the book. Because Kim Kardashian's horrible, but she like tame. Robbie Jones is a monster. I got to think about, yeah, it's, I got to look, it, it's probably, it's a few. And those are the first three that pop in my mind. So, yeah. But yeah, um, but no. yeah, that's. But we, we doing acrimony, huh? Yeah, 67%. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. Uh, I guess we'll get the temptation down the line. Or I might just put that on the uh, Patreon page and whoever listened to it, listen to it, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so that's going to be interesting because I've seen the debate. And it seems like more people are seeing it because it is on Amazon Prime. And it's like, well, would you, how long would you take care of your uh, significant other as far as if they were trying to get their dream out? You know, would you, would you ride it out with them or would you, you know, put a timetable on it? And it's been interesting the uh, comments I've seen. I didn't answer, but I was damn sure looking at the answers people were giving. Because the thing is, especially as a woman, too many times that you get burnt at the end. Yeah, you put all the hope and dreams, and either it don't work or it work, and you ain't there to take advantage. And all you gotta do is like look at Michael Jordan, who you married to. Oh well, (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying it's a lot of that. Jordan, Jordan was messy anyway, so yeah. But I'm saying if you luck out, you Nicole Murphy or Kamora Lee Simmons, where it's like you know when it don't work out. I'm taking care of financially. There's a whole bunch of people where it's like, you know, some people, they stay with their first, their high school and college sweethearts, and a lot of people like, yeah, it's time to upgrade. Because I signed that second deal, or, you know, I signed that second contract, I go platinum the second time. It's like, yeah, it's time to get a new baby mama. It's a whole lot of that. And you don't want to be that whole thing. I was there, you know, watching your draws when you broke. 
as soon as you came up, you kicked me to the curb. Like, no. You feel like a damn fool. So I, I understand exactly. And I was in a situation where it's like, you know, I was potential before I was reality. But I also understood, hey, I ain't trying to wait on potential. Y'all like to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's definitely um, something that I experienced as far as I was dating someone at the time, and she was like, oh, you have the potential, but you're not there yet. So she ghosted me, which was fine. And, you know, after it was over with, and, you know, I was in my feelings at first, like, what the fuck? What? I'm out here hustling and blah, blah, blah. So, but I now being an older man, I, I definitely understand why, you know, because that was her choice. She didn't want to wait. And who knows how long. You know, who knows how long that would have, you know, took or if I would have stayed her, would I, okay, you know. I'm sure, huh? <laughs> I didn't turn it to, uh, I didn't turn it to Mark Zuckerberg on the social network. Gotta get this off the one ground. Day when I, one day when I find a death note, I'm gonna prove them all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that is horrible. And I know how, trust me, I know how it feels, fellas. You want to prove something. It ain't worth it. Prove it to no, it ain't. the best version of yourself and things that have a way of taking care of themselves. Don't be all this whole, I'm a sh- I'll show them you'll see. You sound like a super villain. And- but I will say, for the, acrimo- for the acrimony movie, for the movie and what happened in the movie and everything, that they played both sides very well. That's one thing I did appreciate. That uh, No, no. I disagree. You, I, well, I mean, well, had to take it too. They no, because homie did way too much. So by the time he tried to do a hero thing, it's like, oh, well, you know, he out here trying to be right by her and do all this and that. And like, no, I'll be like, the, the funny thing is, I remember watching that first. I'm thinking, oh, you know, guy, he finally made it. He got yeah. right. But then I'm like, it's a whole you. All that shit they had before, they don't go away from before. Check. All right, let me watch it again. Let me t- I'll take it back. I'll take it back. And I'm like, he just trying to like, oh, well, I, I made it now. Here you go. She's like, nah. <laughs> See, I'm remembering. I'm not remembering certain things. So, Leah, let me watch it again. I thought they had did a good job of. Uh, no. So that's I'll watch the, it again. That's the, sneak, that's the sneakiness of Tyler Perry. They try to make it out to like, you know, yeah, it was rough in the beginning, but he made it and he tried to do right by her and she was just a lunatic. So you have a picking like, oh, you know, you know, she was justified, but then she took it too far. No. It was he did her dirty for a long ass time. And then he bounced on out and then I'm I'm doing all good. Sorry, baby, here you go. You can check. You can go. See you later. Enjoy your life. Yeah, but um, what I do remember, oh boy, the jokes for the third act are gonna come because that third act, like you said, turned into a fucking Friday the Thirteenth movie. Oh, what's it? Oh, what's they on? Yeah, what's they on the boat? That's <laughs> <laughs> like okay. Stop. Even then, no. What? Even before that, the way she was like stalking him and she was doing some voodoo shit in her house, and I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? She was wild. And I like, yeah, and I'm just trying to think. It's kind of like, that how he really feel? When I say that, I like Tyler Perry. That's how he feel. <sighs> nobody, and the thing about it, nobody knows, but then you just see this, like, I've been seeing, like, these weird shows he's been doing on his network, and I'm like, 
well, I haven't seen him, but people have been telling me about him. I'm just like, yo, I don't know where he at. And he just need more writers. <laughs> it's the opposite of it. Oh, nah, Do all this shit. Put it all together. Never lost. Oh, shit. And here's the thing. People say, he need to do this and that. I'm like, do he? He just fed everybody COVID for a day. I do that shit. Yeah, I, I think I read that too. He I was, was like, like oh, it was like this. Oh, you know, when Marvel was shooting their movies, that's where they were shooting at. My, my place. place, yeah. Yeah, fine. I own it. He's like, oh, you try to see the scenes of Black Panther? Come on down, play it like. You can say what. It's the whole funny thing is, it's similar to Vince Man. It's easy to say all the stuff you can do better, improve. Right. But yeah, they got to listen. Charles yeah. is a self made rich man. Yeah. That, he, is that, rich, he is rich, rich. He basically put Black Hollywood on them big ass cross dressing shoulders and carried to his <laughs> right now. He got multiple TV shows, his own movies, but he don't got to answer it. Nobody like, you know what? I make the movies my way and my studio with the people I hire, I write and direct, and you can say what you want, but I'm rich. It works. My, yeah. my movies, none of my movies ever lose money. They all make profits. I'm doing just fine. Hey, on the side, I'll pop up and Gone Girl. I'll show up in Star Trek when I'm bored. Yeah, I'll be in Ninja Turtles too. So I'm chilling. It's like, Tyler Perry is basically at the point where he's even bigger than Adam Sandler. I, you know. It's like, I, I do what I want. What you gonna tell me? He is... Yeah, he can do what he wants. And the big thing about it is why I tell people when people come to complain to me, like, yeah, I stopped. Uh, yeah, I'm watching so-and-so. And I'm just like, why didn't you stop watching it? And why did you keep on continuing to give his, you, his buddy if it bothers you so much? I don't know. It's just addictive. And I was like, sound like a damn wrestling fan. Exactly. I mean, it is. It's like, yeah. saw, what's the last movie, that last Medea movie? I saw that. It was funny. When, um, even though, ooh, that thing was they had the funeral scene, and uh, I mean, showed up. It was like, damn. And, she, and old girl was trying to, you know, you know, you know, black matriarch got to be all strong. You find your man was a hoe. It's like, yeah, I got to be strong for this nigga of a man. And then she popped like, fuck all that. I'm about to have fun. And she leave with Mike Tyson. Boy, I remember seeing the movie theater and Mike Tyson showed up. People lost their mind because it's kind of thick. Because all you heard is like, it's a surprise cameo. And you know who it could be. And I'm like, Mike Tyson. And the funny thing is, that's only the second biggest cameo. Yeah, we can wrap up with this. You saw, um, what's the, what's the Mario? Why did I get married to? Yeah, with The Rock. The Rock showed up. Yeah. I, I would never I forget that. Like, how he, I couldn't either. Because I'm like, one. So Janet Jackson upgrading from so diabetes ass Malik Yoba to the rock. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I was two, sitting. How did the how did he get the rock? Like that shit went under radar. It's funny. And that's, why just, that's why I just laugh. It's kind of like all this talk about you know, rock ain't really black. Y'all sure? I don't listen to that a lot of bullshit. Yeah, I don't listen to that bullshit. That's just people who fuck that shit. I'm just like really because I. It, Amazing. I'm like, um, he was in a Tyler Perry movie. That's as black yeah. as you get. And I was in. I was sitting there with my wife, and he showed up. 
motherfucking women start standing up applauding like oh shit and I was like what the fuck <laughs> oh, same thing had my movie set too like, like you know that sound they make I was like oh I heard that sound since Morris Chestnut his prom like oh, Lord. <laughs> See, it's, 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 and you know what the funny thing is it's hilarious saying that now but yeah um, sisters love the rock back in the day I don't know what I don't know what changed. Maybe it's like, oh yeah, he don't date us. Or, I don't know what I don't know when it changed. I know it's definitely not the same now, but I know back then, um, like early two thousand. Yeah, they love some rock. So yeah, I remember he showed up too. He's like, yeah, I'm such and such, and women was losing their mind. I was like, how the hell Tyler Perry get the rock to be in his? That's my fault. Like, how did this happen? Yeah, that was probably like maybe he might have been on the set or something like that. Hey, you want to do a little quick cameo? The, the set of what? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was there like visiting, or, like on on set visiting or something like that. Maybe they cool cooler than what we know. No, they might be boys or something. It was like yeah, I was in the set of Doom. I saw Dwayne. <laughs> 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 I'm like the set of what? Like I. The point, no, I saw the set thing because it was like when they were filming. Remember, you saw the picture was um, Wesley Snipes, Eddie Murphy, Will Smith, and Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah, that's because they were filming Coming to America 2 and Bad Boys at the same time. Yeah. So uh, that made sense. Oh, no, I'm just saying, like, when I say set, I mean, like, Rock might have showed up to maybe he knows somebody there or. You know, whatever, and he was like, "Oh, hey, Rock, you want to do this?" Or maybe it might have been him. Like they might be boys. I don't know. Fuck it. Might play poker Ooh, together. I'm just trying to think about the Venn diagram. Somebody both know with Janet Jackson. It's just it's just funny just thinking about like you know, obviously they're in the movie together. I'm just trying to think of like I want to say they be in. I mean, it's Hollywood, but I'm like, it's just weird when you think in the same social circle. Yeah. So, but. That's one of the first Tyler Perry movies I saw, both of them. And oh yeah, he's that's the person on the Mount Rushmore. Richard T. Jones, Jill Scott husband. That's the winner. Yeah, you're right. You absolutely right. It it we that's, it's over with. It's done. And, and keep in mind this is involving a movie where somebody had an affair and had a baby with somebody else, and also somebody gave AIDS to somebody. No. It's Richard T. Jones. He made Jill Scott get off the plane and drive in a snowstorm to ski resort so him and his jump off can fly comfortably. And then proceeds to tell Jill Scott when she finally gets there, I don't love you anymore. I'm leaving you for such and such. At a black ski trip. In front of their, the in front of their fr- in friends, front of everybody. Like, yo, the you. I'm like, they could have, they could have shot that man. Tasha Smith would have been if she'd have got up and stopped cussing at Marcus and stabbed him in the neck. <laughs> she'd have been justified. And, and like, yeah, Joe Scott hitting him. With a wine bottle, he got off easy. I remember seeing. I'm like, I ain't never met a nigga with that much nerve in my life. Never, never, ever. Never. And I'm in a whole, and I've been around a whole bunch of trifling black men, but nobody that. I'm like, it takes a level of nerve. That's like the, you, you, you must be Thanos. 
dude, he's rolling like that. Yeah, Not but uh, he at the Hall of Fame. We gotta get out of here because we got something else to record. Uh, yeah, so you want to follow me on social media? You can follow me at Jeff versus the World on Twitter and Facebook. The real Jeff versus the world on Instagram. If you want to follow Shahid, you can follow him at Philly Drugs on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah, so next week, Acrimony. Um, you can check it out on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's playing anywhere else, but I definitely know it's on Amazon Prime. Until then, oh, and I forgot. Thanks for everybody. If you just finding, you know, you're stuck in the house and you're just finding our show, because for some reason on SoundCloud, we always averaging 200. I be looking at I'm like, how the fuck we still got like 200 averaging around this 200 listens shit? So people stuck in the house, and I guess they finding the show. So shout out to everybody who has listened, and will continue to oh, listen. Y'all really like y'all really like Rocky Five, huh? No, I, yeah, I'll tell you what happened. Cause uh, remember that Fast Four shit? That's over with now. It's uh, it's Fast Seven. Yep. No, they ain't Tokyo your drift no more. They ain't your drift no more. It's Fast Seven. I was like, damn. Into an era. Tokyo Drift had a big lead. Wow. Yeah, that, shit, that shit's Good. done. Because even when I look on the numbers on um, Anchor and add them all up together, I'm like, yeah, Fast 7 was by far the one people like the most or the ones listened to the most at least. Anyway. Anyway, yep, next week, Acrimony, we're out of here. Peace.